Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Hello everybody and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will, I'm a D&D sex icon and we're back today for another episode of The World Tree Burns. We're back after a week away with the full cast and crew, so let's get into it my friends. Let's go around and remind ourselves of who we are, who we're playing tonight. Let's start with our illustrious Dungeon Master, Mr. Dan Dillon. Dan, how's it going today? Uh, it's going fan-freaking-tastic. I'm so ready to play some D&D. I miss you guys again. We keep, we keep life conspires against us and we miss a session and then I get all itchy and now we got to play. I forgot how. How do you do D&D anymore? Uh, yeah, I'm Dan Dillon. This is the World Tree Burns. We're going to get into some dark fantasy with uh, the Midgard campaign setting from Cobalt Press. And uh, these lovely people, introduce yourselves. Ah, so start with Simply. How are you doing today? Mm, I'm doing good. Sorry, it took me a little bit. <laughs> You're just thinking about my question. Right, right. We're, all, we're all ramping up. It's we're all ramping up. <laughs> No, uh, I'm glad to be back. I feel like it's been a chunk of time off, but a well-needed vacation for me to go out back out to Seattle again. And I am happy to dive back into Tilly. I was getting the recap before the show, so pardon me if I feel a little flip-flop to figure out uh, what's going on uh, in character once we get into it. But I'm excited nonetheless. I'm I'm still waiting for this talk between Tilly and Rowan about her being like a ghosty or whatever, you know, mm. so it's going to be good. This is going to be good. Mm, yeah, that's a whole thing to unpack. Um, well, speaking of flip-flops, McCloakin, how are you doing? Well, uh, as a man who does not wear flip-flops, I'm doing fantastic. Um, wow. I, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what we're going to be doing tonight because there is a mention of a party, and I want to see how we handle a party if we go to the party or if how we're going to infiltrate getting in uh you but hi i'm <laughs> yes uh i'm i'm a uh i currently i'm playing uh clerk the lovable norm ranger who never lies uh but yeah that's me fantastic and we have scarlet moth back of us today scarlet how's it going hello i'm good uh i'm doubting what cloak is saying just then Never lies. Okay, sure, sure, buddy. Uh, I hope I remember how to play fifth edition. Dan should really be the one to tell us, though, since he's a baby wizard. I, I am. Yes. <laughs> so you, I'd be concerned if you didn't know how to play fifth edition. Now, uh, I'm good. No. I'm. I am looking forward to playing Rowan again. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be unpacked. Yeah, like really, I should. Goddamn ghost. Wait. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm still a goddamn ghost. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll turn up to the season finale, and I'll just be wearing a bed sheet because why not? <laughs> I go. like it. Speaking of bed sheets, Tall School, how's it going tonight? 
I do not know about uh, our good friend Cloak, but I'm putting on a toga and I am going to get my funky funk on down at the party. But uh, <laughs> so that is Braz's plan. He is not uh, doing anything strange with void magic or making people ill by the spells that he casts or anything like that. Of course not. No, never. Glaz is a nice little geomancer trollkin who just wants to go read his books and play the, some nice chess and maybe go have a nice uh, a nice uh, glass of mead at the uh, hedgehog. <laughs> Fantastic. And speaking of making people ill, I will be playing Riordan tonight, the <laughs> Dampier Paladin. I never know what the segues mean. He's gonna be um, he's gonna be a great time at a party um, if if we're going. Um, Okay, it's, but it's Riordan's it kind of party. Is it past Riordan or current Riordan who's going to be good at the party? I think current question. parties for Riordan definitely involve letting the bodies hit the floor. Um, oh boy. Based on last week, <laughs> trying to find some heretics, trying to kill them all. You know, what's a paladin to do, am I right? Uh, but before we get started today. Ah, yeah, exactly. Uh, before we get started today, our mighty guys have a couple of things. The first of which is we're here, sponsored today by Kobold Press. Is that the command? Expedition 1 Kobold nailed it. Go and check out koboldpress.com. You can check out all the Midgard books, materials, PDFs. Uh, the interactive map on there is fantastic. So if you want to get a real feel for what Midgard looks like, go ahead, check out the site. And uh, if you've been enjoying the World Tree Burns, you're definitely going to enjoy the world of Midgard that we've been playing in here for the past goodness knows how many months. Um, and of course, we're sponsored today by FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice. So you can go to Steam, download the demo version for free, you can go to their website and get it there as well for all the maps, tokens, dice rolls, stuff like that. You want to play online with your friends. Um, and of course, there is TabletopLoot.com, our dice uh, giveaway guys. If you haven't checked them out, go to TabletopLoot.com, check out some of their fantastic dice. And of course, when we hit 20 retweets on this tweet, oh, we give away a set of dice to you guys there in the chat. Go ahead and do so. Last but not least, winninggames.co.uk is a go-to destination for tabletop war games, board games, and more, and up to 20% off the retail value. So go and check those guys out. But um, without any further ado, I say that we hand over to our illustrious Dungeon Master, Mr. Dan Dillon, to remind us what happened last time on the World Tree Burns. Oh, goodness. What did happen last time? It's been so long. <laughs> Uh, so, last time was the aftermath of a terrible, devilish ambush, and there was some tensions between Glaz and uh, a few other members of the party because of the dark void magic that he busted out. Uh, it was a little... There were a few words exchanged, um, and then it was just sort of a, a slow burn of everybody kind of settling back in the in the wake of that. They were uh, rewarded handsomely by Tyron, the owner of the Silk Scabbard, for their selfless heroics in uh, staving off that strange, deadly attack from the Eleven Hells. Um, they... Uh, a few of them went and did some investigation. Uh, Cloak snuck into the book fetish. Uh, and he was not there as a customer or as a, a chatty Cathy this time. He snuck into the back room, saw what they had in their hidden vault, uh, and learned some information about their um, attached temple that's hidden somewhere. Uh, but he did manage to rule out any sort of hidden doors or entrances in that storage room. Cloak went to the Broken Seal, the bar where the Cloven Nine, the tiefling warlock gang of infernalists, hangs out. They uh, traded a vial of devil blood for a divination onto who sent the devils, uh, and that seemed to go over well. 
Glaz and Cloak had a little bit of a, a heart-to-heart where Cloak confessed quite a bit of hefty things uh, to his friend Glaz, including his uh, the nature of the Nimheim gnomes, uh, the fact that they have to make sacrifices to the archdevils of the, the Eleven Hells to protect them from Baba Yaga, who seeks to devour their entire race. Um, and including the sacrifice he himself made only a day or two before. <laughs> it's been an eventful couple of days for these, uh, these poor folks. Uh, so that, and then, you know, Glass was just sort of left to chew on that since the, uh, the meeting with Valus happened. Uh, then the last thing that happened is everyone sort of came together. Riodan and Rowan had a long talk. Uh, I think Rowan ended up crashing in Riodan's room. That always happens. People just, people just go to his room and fall asleep and wake up in the morning. He's one of those knows? friends. He's, yeah. he's one of those. Yep. <laughs> his room is the flop house. And, uh, and so they had uh, they had a, a very long in depth conversation with one another, uh, sort of musing on the nature of what Rowan might be. Even she herself isn't isn't fully sure. Um, they all came back together, compared some notes. They got a sending spell with the answer to the divination that Cloak uh, purchased, and uh, and then Valia, one of the courtesans of the Silk Scabbard and Glaz's board game partner, uh, returned from a late night out. Um, this was in the afternoon, so she'd been she'd been out quite a quite late, and uh, returned with an invitation to a party being held at the Zealous family manor. Uh, and the date on that is uh, a fair bit in the future. So they have plenty of time to prepare and do some other things that they've kind of backburnered during all of this vampire and devil craziness. And so uh, that I think is where we're going to pick up. Uh, Valia has just gone to, uh, to take her leave and, and uh, get some rest. She left you with the invitation in your hands that invites you and uh, all of your companions to this, uh, to this feat being thrown by Anastasia Zelis. And I know that all of you had a fair mm. number of things that you were looking to uh, kind of put to rights. There were several of things, uh, s- several things kicking around. There was uh, the question of what to do with Janielle, who you rescued from the vampires and who is just sort of drifting in Zobek at the moment. Um, several of you have some unfinished business with Paula Everforge. Good, Amma. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. There's there's some bird armor waiting in the wing somewhere, and uh, that might even include a trip into the Margrave to the halls of Everforge because Cloak wanted to have some artificing done on his blade, uh, and I know Glaz had several things that he was looking into handling. So, uh, so where would we like to go first? Well, um, I've been putting off this genial thing for some time. So, um, friends. Uh, if you'll excuse me, um, RSVP for me, of course, assuming we're all going to the party, and um, meet back in a little I, while. Got to deal with Jenny. I do believe but, we but should. What? Oh, hello, Tilly. We I have a see week, right? Sorry, uh, I said a week, but it's just sort of we're, we're going with flexible time. You guys have enough time to finish whatever right. it is you want to do. If you want to, if you want to dive into going to the halls, that might take more than a week, and that's okay. I'm not gonna. You're, you're not on a clock. For okay. This, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, that's what I'm gonna convince Paula to do. Right. So uh, why don't we handle Rio Den first? So you were planning to go talk to Janielle. What was your plan there? I know there was talk of maybe buying some property. Uh, yeah, I'm like Gil buying a house for him. 
this is like gonna this is gonna make what happens next <laughs> easier for <laughs> oh, ladies boy. and gentlemen please do not guilt buy your ex a house <laughs> not in this economy <laughs> so that's that's one thing to think about um wh like what sort of property are you guys talking about because i know you discussed maybe trying to buy the rights to the um the old abandoned tannery where you found the body of that alchemist stashed in the in the basement <laughs> along with I blood think, golem i think maybe radan would just like put down first month's rent on a place rather than buying a house okay <clears throat> yeah that's and no just problem. be like hey here's your new apartment you know i've paid up for current build but so yeah. how uh, how like what sort of area of the city are you looking to try and get him set up in? Because that'll have a pretty significant effect on how much it'll cost to house there. <laughs> Not too close to where we live. Area <laughs> doesn't want to constantly run into him on the street. Um, oh, so like in a, a not too affluent but not too poor sort of part of the town, I guess, like somewhere fairly middling class that he could afford to put down a. Uh, Okay, uh, so you guys you guys spend an awful lot of time in Lower Zobek, which is sort of the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not super low rent, but um, right. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's down there. It, it's not the the slummy areas of the Cobalt Ghetto and the docks. That's your that's mm -hmm. your bottom of the barrel. Um, the next tier up is the Collegium District, Lower Zobek, and the Market District. So, and then other than that, you're starting to get pretty pricey. Yeah, maybe like maybe the Collegium, that sort of area. Okay, so you're looking to buy him. Are you looking yeah. to buy him like a, and rent him an entire house or just like a flat? A flat, yeah, just an apartment. Okay, got it. So then, what you're looking for is in the on the order of five gold a month. So it's pretty much that. That's the okay. same sort of rent that uh, that Glass and Cloak split for their place. Yeah. Um. So Riordan will like go. Get this place. We'll check it out. It's nice enough. It's like a safe area. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, so you head over to the Collegium District. You spend some time searching around. You can find a place with a you know a few rooms for let, and um, you know depending on where you want to want to look, it could be closer to the college. It could be farther off mm -hmm. toward the docks, maybe because Glass loves to go to the library. <laughs> maybe you don't want to be too close right. to the Collegium itself. <laughs> yeah, that that works. Um, okay, and then. He would so go maybe, to uh, find Genial, I guess. On the other side of Arcane Square, kind of away from the Collegium a bit, uh, up to right. the Dock District. That's no problem. All right. Uh, and so when you go to find Genial, um, it's not going to be terribly difficult for you to find him. He really doesn't have many places to go. So he's mm -hmm. probably in one of the rooms he's been lent at the uh, Soak Scabbard for now, or he's down in the Shrine. So you spend a little bit of time searching around, and you find him down in the, in the Cartway's entrance, sort of just outside the Shrine. Um, and he has a, a book in his hands, and he's just sort of idly flipping through it, and he occasionally makes a couple notes in it with a, a small pen. Uh, <clears throat> hey! He, uh, he, he glances up and, uh, and looks at you and, and smiles and taps the book closed and says, Riotan, good morning. Good morning, Danielle. Um, how, how's it going down here? Um... <clears throat> He, uh, he sort of looks around at the well-maintained for what it is, but still still somewhat dank, kind of moist 
brick and crumbling mortar tunnels that make up a lot of the cartways. And he says, um, it is safe, and I suppose that is all I can really hope for right now. Well, um, actually, that's why I'm here. Um, I've uh, found your place. His, uh, his eyebrows sort of shoot up just a little bit. He says, really? I, you, what do you mean you found me a place? You, you didn't have to do that. Well, I figured you couldn't live down here and uh, in, in this, um, you know, job market. You probably want to be somewhere where there are a lot of you know, good jobs. And, um, and, well, I have the money, you know. Um, it's, it's not to sound, uh, you know. But I do, and I don't really have much else to spend it on. He, than... he sort of shakes his head and he says, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've done well for yourself. Well, you know, adventuring has its perks, I suppose. Cloak found all of this gold the other day, and, uh, well, anyway, um, I've got you a part, an apartment here in the city, in the, the, the Collegium district, in fact. He uh, he kind of shakes uh, shakes the surprise off, and he says, "That's uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I, why don't um, perhaps you could show me, and I'll uh, I'll see about yes. moving it." Yes, of course. And he sort uh, of well, and he sort of chuckles and looks down at the clothes he's wearing, which is really all he has. Ah, and um, well, I got a fresh uh, set of clothes for you. Uh, while I was in the market, just stopped by, and, um, well, I thought, you know, and I also, so I, like, hand him, I would have gone gone to get him, like, you know, some, just some clean clothes, you know, nothing special. Sure, um, yep. And in the pocket of the uh, trousers, I will, there, there's, like, a money pouch in there as well. Okay. Uh, how much are you tucking in there? Uh, Just out of curiosity. Let's see. Where is Riordan? There he is. I don't know, like... Five months... Five gold per month, so I'd give him, like... I don't know, 30 gold or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. That will, uh, that'll set him up very nicely for, uh, for a while, just for a living. No problem. So he uh, he takes the clothes gratefully and then just sort of uh, he doesn't really say much he just kind of stands there somewhat awkwardly and uh, and and smiles a bit just kind of waiting for you. About right uh, this way and I hand him the key to the apartment as we head over to the the right. place. So he uh, he takes the key and it's kind of a long uncomfortable walk <laughs> through the <laughs> through the streets of Zobek. Uh, there's not a whole lot of conversation. Um, he doesn't really speak up or say much. And if you talk to him, he kind of responds in very short, just sort of monosyllabic, minimal answers. Um, yeah, he's just kind of drifting along behind you and, and or, you know, next to you and just sort of dazedly looking about the city as he goes. This is probably the most he's seen of Zobek since you found him. It's quite the city. Yes, yes, it's, it's very impressive. It's very loud. Yes, well, here we are. <laughs> so, he looks around and um, you can see, so you all came from 
affluent surroundings. I mean, you were a noble, you were the, you were the first son of a noble house. Uh, Janielle was in very similar, uh, similar sort of uh, surroundings, maybe not as prominent as you. And so you could see there's this just like pang, right? As he looks at what his life has kind of become at this moment. But he, uh, he, he smiles and there is, there is some genuine uh, light to it. And he uh, takes out the key and he unlocks the door and looks back over his shoulder and he says, thank you for everything. It's okay. Uh, it's just for a little while, I'm sure, until you get back up on your feet and figure out everything. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'll figure something out in no time. Uh, well, um, I suppose if you don't mind, I'm going to go inside. Of course. Um, well, I'll leave you to it to get, you know, used to everything and uh, settle in. I'll drop by sometime and... Uh, like a housewarming. Of course. Of course. Um, any anytime you wish. My, my door is always open for you. And he smiles once more and slips inside and shuts the door. I finally let out breath. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink. And I'll, All right. I'll leave him to that. That's <laughs> Red Anis, too much a coward to <laughs> confront that any further. All right. Uh, so, uh, Glaz, I know that you had a couple of things on your agenda. Where would you like to head first? Um, well, I know that the party is probably going to head over to Paula's later. So I think before okay. that, um, Glaz is going to head over uh, to the library and then probably the Hedgehog. Okay. Um, so uh, library research and then talking to people at the Hedgehog? You going alone, yeah. taking anybody with you or...? Uh, going alone. Um, he's going to okay. go and uh, when he gets to uh, whoever's sitting there sort of, uh, or inside, I guess, one of the you know, research assistants or librarians, he is going to go to an area that he's not been to before, nothing he never researched, um, okay. and look into, not necessarily like a how-to book, because he knows he won't find that here, but just legends or knowledge about infernal packs and what that means to be in a contract with a devil that, if he can find it, involves okay. sacrifices. All right. Uh, so why don't you s go ahead and make me an intelligence arcana check to see how well your research goes. Okie dokie. Intelligence Arcana. Ooh, good. Come yeah. on, Glaz. Do the thing. That's a 19. That's, That's a 19. Not bad at all. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So you are searching through the texts on conjuration, sort of in general, and then you focus yourself into summonings and callings from other planes and, uh, and how to draw and tether these strange beings to Midgard. Um, you learn some interesting things that um, maybe you had some knowledge of before, but it seems that the elves uh, have a very strong connection to another plane. Uh, they, they came here from somewhere else. Uh, 
and came to Midgard and then fled back to there, and that's why you don't really see many of them anymore. Um, and then you you get into some things that you really touched on with your studies in Bemia, that um, part of the reason the elves went into decline was because the, uh, the servitor races, the humans and the like, uh, began turning more and more to summonings and conjurings. And that was an area that the elves were not super well equipped to defend themselves against. And that ultimately culminated in insanity like the Dreadwalkers that have now destroyed the Magocracies and left it as the Western Wasteland. Um, so uh, you're looking specifically for devil pacts. And you just want to know kind of generally what that entails or, or what do you... What that entails and, you know, what... What does it mean? Uh, I mean, what does it mean to sack when you when you know both being in that type of pack? But when you are making a sacrifice to a devil, I mean, are you condemning that person's soul to hell? Is it just a blood sacrifice that that because of as, as much blood as it takes that that person dies? I mean, what you know, what's okay? So you're I mean, so so you're looking for. Sacrifice rituals and and pacts and and that yeah and if that's I mean that might be a little bit too deep for like the public library um, if it well, is he's just going to see what he can find legend wise and then right. probably going to head hedgehog to talk to the bartender who is rumored to know some stuff about uh, diabolism and infernalism and fiendism that's true I forget <laughs> infernalism yeah I believe infernalism or thank you. <laughs> Diabolism works too. Um, okay, so let's see. Here's what you learn. You discover. Are, are you looking for like the nature of a pact? What it means to be in a pact with a devil? Or I mean, I think just, you know. I know. I mean, get Glass up to speed on you know devils sure. or contractors right. and that type of stuff. The general yeah. Sort of so DVD, so if if Glass if Glaz wasn't already familiar with that, you definitely learned that, uh, that devils, um, and it's a little confusing because sometimes demons get sort of thrown into the mix too. And you're able to suss out that while demons and devils come from generally the same place in Midgard and clearly most people see them as the same. Uh, I mean, to most people, they're both evil and horrible and will do terrible things to you if they're around and it's real bad. So the distinction doesn't matter. Um, Demons are murderous, bloodthirsty things that want to see everything and everyone bathed in blood and burn. That's pretty much what you see is what you get. And anything that they offer leads to that end. Devils are much more structured, much more tricky, and much more powerful in a different way than demons. Uh, devils love contracts and deals and agreements. They absolutely thrive on pacts. So they make them easily. They make them just readily, and they make them very difficult to escape, and they're almost always a deadly trap for the mortal pact, uh, pacty. Um, it, it looks, I mean, the more you read, the more kind of a pit you get in your stomach. It's real bad news making deals with devils. If you're not careful, um, you're basically just sticking your head into a noose. So... Uh, the specifics that you learn is when a mortal makes a pact with a devil, 
there's variation on what that can really mean. It could be an exchange for some immediate gain or ongoing power, and you're able to suss out in the case of warlocks, it's more of that ongoing power thing. Uh, and usually warlocks have made a much more careful negotiation than someone in the heat of a moment or folly encountering a devil and making a trade. Um, so without knowing exactly what's going on with Cloak in particular, which is pretty much why you're investigating all of this stuff to try and understand yeah. what's going on with him. It's hard to tell exactly what's going on, but given that you know that it affects an entire nation, the, the whole nine king, the, the nine cities of Nimheim, um, that's pretty freaking bad news. That's, that's a big deal. Um, this is beyond a mortal signing a contract sort of thing. As far as the sacrifice angle, that also depends. Usually when you sacrifice someone's... If you sacrifice someone to some terrible power, it depends on the power and what they're doing. Um, it's unlikely that you can damn an unwitting person's soul who hasn't entered into a pact and then broken it, thus forfeiting their soul to the devil in question. Um if the person was particularly evil, malicious, if their essence resonated with the Eleven Hells, then their soul would probably end up there anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how they died, if they tripped and fell down the stairs and broke their neck, they down to, down to the Hells they go. Um, so it really depends on the nature of the sacrifice. A lot of times it has to do with blood, the spilling of life, the transition of a living thing to a dead thing. And that becomes sort of this uh, mystical currency that can then be turned towards some purpose. It is not necessarily the consumption of a soul. Okay, so the soul doesn't become the currency. It's that energy released at the moment. Not necessarily, but, but it gotcha. can, but... Uh, souls are not as vulnerable as you might think. I mean, that's a that's a pretty powerful thing. And so to uh, to get you you can't you can't trade away someone else's soul unless you have some means of ownership over it. Which is why an entire nation being under this devil pact is terrifying, because that means someone somewhere somehow managed to make an entire kingdom beholden to this sort of deal. Right. I would think if if I'm still within my 19s realm, having found that out, is the soul in play really cloaks or the nations? Because they, by him killing this, I mean, is it is that act of sacrifice, yes, he's saving the nation, but is he actually damning himself or is the nation damning itself? I mean, that's those are the things that he would suss um, out. I don't know whether he could find an answer to that, but why don't you make that's me where he a, would be leaning. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, you can make me an intelligence religion check. Okay. This is he's getting into, into some of the uh <laughs> yeah. some of the more fuzzy nature of things. And that's probably about Ooh, right. Yeah, eight. that this would be yeah, fuzzy. So, yeah. So at this point, you know, kind of how you're throwing those questions out there and wondering—that's sort of where Glass is at. Yeah, and I—that's probably about right where he should be. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, but yeah, he—that's him just using his pure intellect and not necessarily religious study. He would be—he would start. Okay, these devils are super tricky. It's not that they are getting the souls or 
damning this you know they're not damning the souls of the people who are being sacrificed who are dying to Neheim blades but are they somehow corrupting an entire nation that's kind of mentally where glass's mind is spinning yep. right now so at that point yeah he's kind of in a philosophical gray area where you know what is the yeah. nature of good and evil but what sort of stain do actions leave on your soul uh what does that mean when you die and it all kind of hinges down to you don't know the terms of the pact so you're pretty right. much on pure guesswork here yep and you know glass is in that whole sort of existential crisis himself with void magic so it just fits right in with glad's glasses well he is right now he is great this is wonderful i need a drink um and he's going to leave the library and head to the hedgehog and not necessarily seek out the bartender but if the bartender happens to be around and not talking to anybody and it's kind of quiet he might just go and have a little bit of the chat okay uh and i have his name somewhere his name is radomir schlenk that's it radomir yep, yep. all right uh so you head into the hedgehog it's um it's probably mid-afternoon at this point um, after spending, yeah, I mean, you spent a, a good number of hours in the in the stacks of the library digging through stuff that you haven't really focused on previously. Um, so there's really, it's kind of after the, it's you're sort of between the lunch and dinner crowd at this point. So mm-hmm. it's not super busy. There's a couple of people in there, maybe a few students from the collegium, kind of between classes, and they give you a little bit of a nod and wave recognition, and then just sort of go back to their conversation or their, their debate, whatever they're studying. They have books and parchments out on their table and uh, drinks pushed to the side. Um, uh, but other than that table, uh, Radomir is sort of cleaning up um, dishes and empty flagons at a nearby booth and uh, dropping them into a bin and getting ready to carry them back to the kitchen. Radomir, uh, do you need a hand? You seem to not have anyone helping you. Uh, can I, I'm happy to help you clean. Maybe we could have a game of checkers or something afterwards. Glass is not his normal trivial <laughs> self. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you to make a check, but I don't think we need to. Uh, okay, so Radomir kind of looks over, and he's got uh, kind of a shiny bald pate with a little bit of that, you know, half monk receding hairline around the back of his skull. Um, he's a he's a later middle aged human, and he's got these uh, sort of crow's feet by his piercing blue eyes and he uh he sort of looks at you and says sure sure i could i could use a hand if you wouldn't mind and he kind of points to the semi-full tray yep he picks it up he's a big guy so when you you pick it up uh he wipes down the table once you get it out of the way and he sort of you know chin points to the to the back toward the kitchen and leads you the way there you head into the kitchen set the set the dishes down and he just sort of slides them to the side he crosses his arms he wears this very simple um kind of unadorned brown robe uh it looks like i mean so imagine a wizard's robe with everything stripped off of it there's no embroidery there's no sigils no no nothing it's just plain but the cut and the look of it has that feel so it's almost like you're looking at a wizard with everything wizardly erased and he, uh, and he sort of leans back against the counter and he says, all right, what's this about? Something's troubling you. Does this have to do with uh, that business from the other night when you and your friends were in here? Yes, I don't know if you heard. I assume word has traveled 
there was a attack, a conjuration of devils at the silk scabbard that we found ourselves in the midst of. It One was... of his eyebrows kind of creeps up as you describe it, but he doesn't say anything just yet. It was pretty... It was pretty horrible. A, uh, a soldier was used, I believe, as the portal. Uh, he was ripped in two as these three... Uh, I've been doing some research. I believe Chain Devil and a Horn Devil emerged. Uh, when you say that, he kind of like blinks and leans back a touch kind of involuntarily when you describe what came out of this poor bastard. Um, I, I don't mean well, to bring up bad memories. I know that he, this he was... kind of he kind of he kind of waves you away and he says, "No, no, no it's not that. It's that that's that's going to be well beyond any of my theoretical knowledge." Yes, no, that's believe it or not, that's <laughs> that's the least of what I'm wondering about. Do you know about these contracts? I've just been discovering that about the difference between demons and devils and how truly it seems dangerous or sneaky. These the, uh, devils he nods be- and he says, yeah, I, I know something about making a, a pact or a deal with fiends and other creatures. What is it that you want to know? From the little I learned it. I'm trying to figure out if I were a smart devil. <laughs> smart devil. If I were a smart devil, who, in such a pact, whether it be, I mean, it's everything from chickens to goats to cows, it seems like, to even humanoids, who is it really that is carrying the burden of the debt? Who is it? Is it, is it the you know is it the cow and the chicken that have become part and parcel of this, or is the person who is even if it is potentially for good? When you say that, he smiles wryly. He says, "You're talking about sacrifices." Uh, yes, hypothetically, of course. Well, hypothetically, the person who carries the burden of the pact is the one committing the sin. That's the one holding the knife. But if it were like a whole cult, a leader makes a, makes a bargain and then gets many people to follow them. Well, I mean, I guess is that how religions are born, right? <laughs> Careful who you let hear you say that. It's a dangerous subject. I mean, if an entire cult is participating in these rituals, then they're all complicit. And maybe they get to reap the rewards and share the power, but they also will have to pay the price. They're agreeing to whatever that bargain is, or either they did it first or they are by participating. That's at least my thought on it, based on what little you've told me. Now, he says that he doesn't seem like he's prying. It's just more yeah. of a cautionary, hey, look, you know, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're talking real vague here. Yes. I, it is 
<laughs> One thing I will say, while there's not a whole lot of factual texts about uh, these things, there is, did you know there was a whole philosophy section in the library? I mean, it's huge. People wrote books like they were going out of style for like centuries on all their different do. deep thoughts. <laughs> uh, well, here's the problem. There's no way to prove them wrong, so they just keep talking. Is that not the truth? I've, I found that myself, just quite a bit of ramblings and just on and on and on. Anyway, he I think... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Glass kind of gets a little self-reflection there of rambling on and on and on. Um, All right. I think so uh, he, he just kind of nods and says, uh, all right, be careful out there, Glass. I will. If you're still in the mood for a game, I, we can finish up here and uh, just have a nice game of checkers. <laughs> Something sure. easy on the mind. And, yeah, uh, no problem. So yeah, he'll uh, he'll he'll play a couple of games with you, no problem. Yeah. So, who was looking at going to talk to Paula Everforge? I believe Tilly. You had to go get some armor work done, uh, and then there was all manner of other things happening. Okay. So, uh, you guys, during the day, you can probably catch her selling her wares at the marketplace, at her stall there. Uh, and later in the day, if you want to catch her a little more private-like, you can get her at her forge, where you folks know where it is in the gear district. I'm so assuming that Cloak would be leading us. Uh, Cloak would be going there in the morning with Puff Puff. And uh, I don't know. Is anyone else going to be there in the morning? Mm, I think Tilly would go with you. As okay. As a I want to go as well. Very good. All right. Uh, so in the morning, you'll pr unless you're going like super friggin' early, then you'll probably catch her at the marketplace. Uh, I would have breakfast first and then wait for her to get to the store, you know, and then like to let everyone know the plan. Like I would take like Tilly and Rowan since they're with me and be like, okay, so we're going to go to the Everstore and Forge. Uh, let me tell you, it's going to be kind of a long trip. It might be like a week, maybe more. So if you guys want to come along, you're more than welcome. Uh, Paula and I kind of planned on this maybe a couple days ago. It's been a long couple of days. It feels like weeks sometimes. But, um, yeah, uh, if you guys are interested, you're more than welcome to come. But uh, I'm going to get a magic sword forged, and I'm going to be powerful, and I'm going to wield it all around the place. It's going to be made of fire. You're going to <laughs> charge into battle on the back of your majestic golden puffy steed. Yes, with the flaming sword. I'll be like the Puff holy Puff. symbol. Puff Puff begins wagging her tail and kind of knocking it into things that are nearby. Tilly's still got like sleep in her eyes. She's like, wait a minute, I thought you were just going down to the forge to get something done by her? I didn't know you were going all the way out of town. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. If you guys Where want to come on the forge? trip, oh, it's up north. No, west. I can't remember how the map was. North? Northeast-ish. Northeast into the Margrave. Yeah, it's, a, it's in the Margrave, but, you know, that's, you know, semantics. You know, it's a, it'll be fine. We probably need a big pig to sacrifice, but that's that's fine. 
So Tillian Rowan, when he talks about going into the Margrave, that that kind of takes you aback because you've heard tales of the this dark primordial forest out just on the uh, other side of the crossroads there that is uh, apparently just uh, full of strange old things. You know that once there were outposts of the Elven empires that uh, that lived and thrived in there, and now they must be. Uh, perhaps abandoned, fallen into decline, something along those lines, haunted even. Uh, but even that, that the forest itself is just so old and uh, powerful in its own right. And there's just, like, imagine dark fairy stories. It's like they're printed in the Margrave and then shipped out across the world. <laughs> Tilly, I imagine Should having ordered not- bacon by this point, grease on face is like, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. So you're talking about Paula, you know, but we ate salt face. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And she's taking. What tie in does she have with this? What is. When did you meet with her? I, you could have taken me with you. Okay, funny story. Okay, so a long time ago, Ruridan uh, swindled her out of uh, plate mail. Uh, well, it's not really swindled. It was like more coincidence. He's like, oh, I'll get I you the money, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then she was kidnapped by... Oh, I forgot who kidnapped her. Oh, it doesn't matter. They're dead. Um, so um, they got kidnapped, and they brought her to the Everstorm Forge, which is her family's forge. And they uh, basically, uh, are, they were trying to summon oh the fire, the fire realm. So there's a dragon. Uh, I had a bear. It died. Um, yeah, but we saved her from the Everstorm Forge. And now that armor he wears right now, that was like a gift to him to uh, for saving her life and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And meeting her a couple of days ago, had a conversation. I was like, I really want like um, a sword. Did you talk about use. your new friends at all? You know, maybe I I haven't seen her since um, you guys came here. Are you? Oh. Is this like a dwarf on dwarf kind of thing? No, I just you know I need some I need some armor as well. Uh, I'm just I wouldn't oh. mind helping out if you need to go. Oh, I think that Tilly really yeah, needs some good. help. Uh, she really needs some help getting into that armor of hers. Oh, takes yeah, a lot of more, more than more than just one set of hands. Yeah, oh, I mean, you know, oh. hey, Tilly, you know mm-hmm. a good way to get out know someone? Uh, go camping with them. Especially a long week, and then you can really just kind of figure out what kind of person they are, and then then you get that bond. You know, if we fight anything, you know, it's like, oh, we are sisters of battle. And so, then, what, so what yeah. you're saying is, you need my help. Oh, of course, yes, I do need your help. Sure, all right, sign we, you. Okay. Should we not bring the others along with us? We should we not I bring us? Oh, I thought you already talked to them about this. I mean, uh, not really. I, 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 they, I figured they had their own things to do. We can bring it up to them and see what they want to do. I am not very keen on leaving Laz alone for a week in his library now that we know what he's been doing in the library. And Ryojan, well, in the past I would have been worried that he would be, go and drink and fuck and and take drugs but now i am just wor- i just worry that he will go and murder everybody 
Not Plus, just have criminals. you seen the way he sweats around his old friend? You might need a vacation away from him. I... It's a little, a little awkward sometimes. The great uh... animal comment at this point is like, I need a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. How's well, that worth fine that? So you don't want to get out we're, of here? We're about going uh, camping. We're, yeah, we're going to go to Everstone Forge. You want to come? Well, sure. Why not? Yeah, that sounds great, actually. Um, what's what's there to do there? Actually, it doesn't matter. I'll go. Um, okay. I just I just guilt bought a house and broke up with Janielle uh, all without saying anything. Um, and he he lives not far from here. You know, I should have bought it on the other side of the city. Now I thought about it. So best right. idea but I think you, is to you get bought him a house to break up with him, but you Little say bit. you didn't you didn't tell him you broke up with him. You just bought him I mean, a house. You know, you know sometimes I don't sometimes words sometimes words are hard. Uh, Tilly, and I don't say them. Um, I mean, the last girlfriend I broke up with, I just bought her a beer and said, cheers, all right, see you later. But she got well, me this, a house. This is a damn beer equivalent. I mean, I didn't buy the house. I just paid him a month's rent, and then I paid him another 30 gold and bought him clothes and then said, you know, good luck. At, at this point, Cloak would be like, you know, I don't think it's working out, Riordan. So um, there is a tannery that is abandoned. Uh, if you want to, you know, go ahead and purchase that. That's not at all how this works, Cloak. We, we're well, not we're naked, different. are we? What? <laughs> I don't no. know. No, we're not. I, no. I know that. I don't believe everyone is naked. For what it's worth, <laughs> I am, even though it was a very... Uh, Interesting approach. I am proud of you for doing so. All right. Well, um, thanks, I guess. I mean, we weren't even really dating as such. I mean, like, we were, and then he and all my family were murdered, and last time I saw him, he was, like, you know, butchered on a spike, and I kind of thought he was dead, and he shows up now, and then we're in the bathhouse altogether. It's complex. Just best to buy him the house, move on, and focus on killing some heretics, I think. Some proper days in our lives, uh, you know, it's pretty normal. Well, you know, I say we get to Lamar Grieve, detox when we come back, butcher all of the heretics we can, you know, find you a new uh, girlfriend or boyfriend or pet. You know, animals can be very therapeutic. I think that maybe it would be fantastic if we found you, you a pet of some kind, your own puff puff, but uh. Maybe not a blink dog. They seem to be a handful. Yes, maybe a pet. I think I'm done dating for a little while. You know? <laughs> I wasn't um, even dating, but... I mean... Anyway. Uh, it... Cloak, there is a... Uh, there is a soft... And a little puff of sparkles, and you notice that uh, half of your bacon is gone. I'm on to you. <laughs> What? Anyway, what are we doing at the uh, the Emmerforce? I'm gonna get a fire sword. I would like some some nice armor, perhaps, so as not to die. Oh, we do need glass because he has the lantern. Um, Can someone send him a message? Where we should invite him? Oh, I I can send him a message if you wish. Yeah, probably playing board games. 
Sure, if you'd like. I mean, I might save Baldwin, just in case we'll meet him later for something. Or just have him to meet us at Paula's place, and then uh, and then it'll be fine. And then he, like, puts his hands on his bacon and looks around really quickly. Uh, you look around and you yeah. see puffs. You see puff puffs hindquarters and tail just kind of sticking out behind a corner nearby, and you can just hear her scarfing. While he's not looking at the bacon, Rowan's going to try taking some. No, I, my hands are on the bacon. <laughs> His hands are on it. So, uh, you want to try it still? Yep. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead and make a dexterity sleight of hand check, and I'm going to give you disadvantage. Uh, Cloak, yeah. you can make a make a wisdom perception check. Oh, so yeah, the the oh. three. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as you're kind of looking this. around, un, unknown to you. Uh, oh wait. Oh no, 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 that didn't work right. Yeah, so that no, worked. It'd be, added them, it'd be yeah. three. Added yeah, so I, yeah. It's a yeah. three. It's a three. It's a three. All right. Yeah, you kind of like. Very much you nice can just, to you. You could hear her beak kind of clacking as she leans forward and is reaching for the bacon. <laughs> no. No, I'm like standing up from the table and walking somewhere else, like eating the bacon. I don't trust any of you right now. <laughs> Don't just hog it all to yourself. This, all is, right. this is a gnome-sized portion. You're eating more bacon than I am. That's not But a grown lady has to eat. <laughs> but you're dead. I still need to eat. I still. Uh, need you more see a food. you see a few heads kind of stop and turn towards you guys <laughs> at, at some of the. Yes, that's right. I am you're dead if you touch my bacon again. <laughs> I am dead I hungry as what? <laughs> I'll eat you next if you're not careful. You're actually just people, dead. Uh, people just sort of go back to their go back to their own business and their own meals. All right, so you can uh, you can get the bacon sorted out. Uh, Puff Puff comes back, uh, sort of just conspicuously licking her chops and looking terribly innocent. Uh, and then, uh, as soon as we're ready and the message is sent, I guess we go to Paula Everfortune's place. So, someone said, so you're going to send Paula to find, to find Glass, Tilly? Oh, I thought, uh, I thought Rowan said that she was going to... Oh, oh. Message. Rowan, were you, you going to sending him or something? Uh, I was sending, I was sending him, basically, okay. say, say, uh, off to, uh, to Paula Everforge in Margrave Forest. Do you want to come? We will leave tomorrow. I thought we are leaving today, but I, oh, we haven't, we talked, leave, we we haven't leave, talked to Paula yet to figure it out. <laughs> we will leave yeah, I, sometime. How about, how about this is like actually planning a holiday, meet us, by the way. Meet us yeah. Paula. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be that hard um, to check it in to get to the market. Uh, he just answered, I, I will meet you at uh, Paula's then uh, this afternoon. Is that what I'm understanding? Oh, this like. afternoon works. Well, because uh, I, I, how does this work out time wise? Uh, uh, I mean, the, the timing doesn't really matter. Like, like okay, I said, we, yeah, have, I will, we have so like you've yeah. spent a few days in the library, you know, people, you know, doing those yeah. like Rio Dan spent a little while house hunting, you know, okay, <laughs> digging yeah. up, so, yeah. digging yeah, up glad everything he was going to give him, screwing up his courage to just do that whole thing. He was he was very reluctant to even do that. So, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys meet up yeah. at uh, at Paula's. 
in uh, at her stall in the market district. So in the large marketplace, there are uh, those kind of temporary tables with awnings set up where merchants have their wares spread out. There are food vendors here and there, street carts, that sort of thing. Uh, there are a few open air cafes nearby uh, toward the edges of the uh, the market square. And uh, you just kind of weave your way through the din of barkers and haggling. Um, and this is really a, a kind of a huge mixing bowl of all different walks of life because you get the you get the poor looking for what you know the the cheapest deals they can afford it looks like there are maybe farmer uh sort of stalls and carts that are selling uh selling things out of them uh there are smiths there are jewelers all manner of people so you get the rich the poor everyone in between you get traders that have come in on the river or on the on the highways so you see uh folks dressed in the the bright colors of the seven cities you see two what look like perinalian uh amazons nearby they're two uh polished armor clad warrior women with uh these massive longbows, extremely well-kept, and they each have a holy symbol of Mavros sort of emblazoned prominently on their uh, on their breastplates, uh, making their way through. There's just all kinds of different people here. There's the clack and whoosh of uh, clockwork servants who are carrying parcels for their masters or uh, running about on errands, and uh, their lens optics just sort of look right past you, and they don't even acknowledge you as they puff and click their way by with uh, pistons venting steam and uh, and gears clattering. You make your way uh, over to Paula's... Really... Uh, and pointing out the Amazon women. <laughs> hey, you don't think I already sold them? I mean, they're a little taller than... Maybe a quite bit taller uh, than... Oh, well, I, I don't think right that would be any trouble for you. It would be a challenge. Hmm. Those two, are both, those two are both human. I mean, you know, so, uh, dolls, All right. <laughs> you uh, you make your way through the market, and you can see Paula is looks like just concluding a deal where uh, some money is being handed over to her, and she has a cart uh, next to it where a, a member of the city watch is hooking up a horse to the cart and there are stacks of crates uh, on it. She takes the money from the uh, the sergeant handling the transaction. They shake hands. She uh, kind of nods, says something with a smile, and the two soldiers sort of move on out with their heavy load of whatever it is they've purchased from her. She kind of leans back, puts the money away. You hear sort of a heavy clunk from behind the counter as she drops it into some sort of uh, bin or cash box or something she's got back there. And she sort of just uh, rubs her hands, her calloused hands together and nods in satisfaction and then starts to sweep her gaze around to, to look for possibly her next sale. Uh, and then that falls upon this motley crew trooping towards her. And she uh, she cracks kind of a half grin and gives a little shake of her head uh, and, and leans on the table uh, on her elbows as you guys approach. Good morning, she says. I, good morning. Oh. It's lovely, isn't it? Just speaking right over, Club. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Paula. The, uh, she, she nods and says, good to see you again, Tilly. Um, you still up for having that work done on your armor? I would love it, actually. I was a little, little time crunch back then, but I think I've got time for it now. 
So. Sure, sure. I understand. You people get up to whatever it is you people get up to. Uh, so, well, if you want to get going on that right now and get you out of that armor. Mm, I'd, I'll buy her a drink first. Oh, I'm just... <laughs> she just sort of <laughs> scoffs at Cloak. <laughs> well, I do believe, based on uh, what... And she kind of, like, like leans a little bit on Cloak. Uh, what, what Cloak wants, we'll have some time together for a while, if you want to take your time working on it. So she, her, her eyes kind of widen. She goes, oh, we're, uh, we're looking at that now, huh? Or that. What? Was that not public discussion? Sorry. All right. Well, it's, she says, no, no, it's fine. It's just been a little bit of a, I mean, there was never really a solid plan laid down. So uh, I took the liberty of beginning work uh, on my end and I've completed all I can do alone. So that's ready for you. And that'll cut our time on this trip down a fair bit. Otherwise, I mean, I don't think you'd all fancy spending a few months out there. See, Ali is prepared. This is very, I'm proud. I mean, I would do fine out there. I don't know about Riordan, though. I've not prepared anything, but I want to leave as soon as possible, if we can. Okay, never mind. So, uh, all right. So we're going to work on your sword. A little something for your Mm -hmm. armor. Okay, we can do this. Some armor as well. Which All I right. understand may she, take a bit longer since, uh, well. She kind of, she, she looks you over. Um, she grabs a, a cord with knotted knots on it uh, at, at regular intervals. And just, she just kind of grabs a hold of your shoulders and starts just sort of handling you, pulling your arm, your arm out and taking measurements and just reaching around and just sort of taking that as an invitation to do whatever it is she needs to do to, to see about this. And she goes, no, no, you're, I, I think I can accommodate you. What, what sort of armor are you looking for? Uh, something effective. Effective. Well, that's going to depend on what you're comfortable with, what you've trained in. I mean, what are we what are we talking here? She looks over at uh, Riodan and Tilly and kind of knocks on Tilly's breastplate. Tung, tung. We talking plates on plates here or? Or this. Uh, yeah, or that. And she points to the, the chain shirt that, uh, <laughs> that uh, cloak kind of. Some, something quiet but not not unwieldy all right something, but something uh, that will block, block some damage i tend to something uh, fashionable you know really show off that figure and you know i was thinking and radon proceeds to give some like high key fashion advice okay <laughs> tilly tilly just sort of what about this a lot or, sorry tilly uh paula paula just kind of stops and and crosses her arms and leans back and just blinks as as, as Rio Dan launches into his uh, his dampier he's, eye. He's like the unhelpful friend on say yes to address, which I've been watching. So that that goes on for a while, <laughs> and he uh, she she holds up her finger and says, "Right, I think we've got it." Okay, so you're looking for something protective, not terribly heavy, but also quiet. So it looks like your bet your best bet is going to be a breastplate. Uh, any heavier than that, you're looking at half plate, and that's going to be loud and kind of constrain you. Any heavier than that, and I don't think you're going to be able to move. So, um, does that sound about right to you? I, that sounds perfect. 
All right. So in a in a mechanical sense, Molly, uh, you looking at your your medium armor proficient, right? Because you're a cleric. Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, breastplate is probably your best bet. Uh, and that will. So that'll run you a 400 gold, and that gives you an armor class of 14 plus your dex mod, but your dex mod in this armor caps at 2. Okay. Uh, and since this is for the uh, donation from Turi, just wondering if we can jazz it up with anything. Don't worry, I've got that covered. <laughs> so, for now... Surprise me. Uh, so for now, uh, you pay her for it, and she outfits you with a, uh, a, a easily well-fitted uh, breastplate suit of armor, which is not just the plate. It has some, you know, accoutrement that go with it as well. So, uh, so yeah, so you can update your sheet with a breastplate and all that that gives you. So what's your dex modifier? My dex modifier is plus one. Plus one. All right. So... Um, yeah, so that'll give you an armor class of 15. And that's room room to grow, one point worth of dex, if you ever uh, find a way to increase that. Well, it's better than my current 12, so... Yes, yes it is indeed. Okay, so, uh, all right then, now the rest of you. So if we're going to be trekking out into the Margrave, um, why don't you give me that armor of yours now, girl, uh, unless you're planning to go and do something stupid. Uh, and I can get those... Bits and bobs fixed on it. Make sure that the uh, the dents are handled and all of the fittings are right. She knows that's before we head out. Uh, sure. I mean, and she'll start trying to like untassel and awkwardly talk about. Have you seen a a, a Trolkin come by? He's got uh. You know, oh, Glaz? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen him yet. Uh, so Glaz, you can sort of saunter up at any time and. Oh no! Hello. Uh... Sorry, I was late. I was uh, talking with people, and there was some interesting discussion that was happening as I was walking out of the Collegium District. It was amazing. Some of the things that they were talking about. I, uh, oh, I, hello, Paula. How are you? Hello, Glaz. I'm doing very well. I see you're, uh, you know, doing you. And so she uh, she comes over and starts helping Tilly take off the um, the plate portions of her armor. So she's not necessarily going to take the the chain. Uh, shirt or any, of course, any of the underlayment, which is basically your clothes at this point. Uh, but she is, now. yeah, yeah. She's gonna she's gonna take off the plate bits at least and uh, neatly sure. kind of gather those. And she'll say, "All right, I'll uh, I'll work on these this afternoon and tonight. Uh, they'll be ready to go tomorrow." And she sort of points a, a kind of stubby finger over toward cloak and says, "That one looks like he's chomping at the bit." That's I. He is well, we have to we, we, well, I mean, if we leave tomorrow, that gives me time to do a little bit of shopping and stuff like that. Um, yep. Also, I have to get some stuff to, you know, offer as a gift. Uh, but, you know, normal. Don't forget food and water. Oh, yeah, no, I'm really good at finding food and water, I don't know why we didn't to buy any. She just kind of chuckles and shakes her head and looks to the rest of you. Don't forget food and water. Unless you want to eat berries and nuts, up to you. <laughs> I mean, there's rabbits and squirrels too. Okay. It's okay. If we get extremely hungry, I will just eat cloak. He is right. more so sized. So, uh, Glaz, Glaz, you still got that lantern? 
yes, I do. Uh, I assume we are going to need it uh, as you are going to do some uh, some magical crafting. Yes, we're very much going to need it. Yeah, the, this won't work without that. There's no way I could pull this off on my own. I'm very excited. Do you mind if I take notes as you uh, do some of your uh, your work there? It would be uh, interesting to study some of the ways in which the Dorvan culture has put together some of this, uh, their their artistry and artificy uh, and all of those things. No, not at all. I don't mind. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, we'll need to make sure you have that lantern. And uh, otherwise, I suppose you all be ready to go tomorrow. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I so, think I'm going to pack up. Uh, I'm going to pack up early. Then I've done enough business today that I don't need to nickel and dime the rest of this. I'm going to get to work on your armor. Uh, she says to Tilly, and uh, and I'll see you all in the morning. Sounds very good. Yes. Great. All right. So uh, we'll call it uh, two hours after sunrise. Yes, bright and early. Sure. All right. I'll uh, see you to the uh, see you at the North Bridge by the pastures. Then, two hours after sunrise, and she kind of nods, gathers up all her things, and starts packing up to head back up to her forge. Glazishin. So, oh yes. You steam out of sorts, even for you. Quick, uh, uh, quick logistics question, Glaz. Did you want to ask her to make you something? I was going to go back uh, later. Okay. <laughs> Got it. No problem. Uh, well, I don't know if you know, but, um, and she points up to his ear, uh, the last time we were at the Evan Forge, there was a dragon there, and he burned my ear off. And while I'm a trollkin and can regenerate most things, I cannot regenerate fire damage. Um, and we saw into a strange city, perhaps uh, on another plane. It is... Not a wonderful thing, and quite frankly, it is... I'm still a little shaken about... Uh... Tilly interrupting him knocks into him. Hey, we've killed a couple of devils. You're fine. No. I mean... Right, right, right. 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 I got something the... perfect for this. Right. That's the brass of it. <laughs> you keep thinking about oh, the sacrifice or whatever you don't need. Cloak, you are so clever. Because <laughs> it was the city of brass. Yeah, see? Uh, okay, I thought that one would kill, but apparently not. <laughs> I've never uh, seen that before. I didn't even realize there was brass. Uh, so, uh, I guess we need to get some of our supplies. Uh, rations, you all, I, I, I'm happy to cook whatever we catch, but sometimes the Margrave, the things that you catch are not normal we found that last time and we know how much you know Rowan eats her good pair of raw meat on the way so we need to get some more well but it could in fact last time there was we we came into a breach between the shadow realm and um well i don't know i don't know whether you are able to consume things food and water from the shadow realm uh Rowan, in your current state, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to try, but for the rest of us, it is a uh, unpleasant, melancholy experience. It is you kind of get this ennui. Uh, 
I learned that word. So uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, so one one thing you'll recall, Glaz, the the whole thing about that rift where the the Shadow Fay courier came through uh, in the Margrave, that apparently had something to do with the Shadow Road not functioning. The uh, the right. the road wasn't working. It is now. So the chances of that sort of breach happening are hopefully less. But you know who knows. Yeah, Glad is really trying to make it that it seems like we all need to split up and go get rations so we can go back and talk to Paula. <laughs> I was I was about to say you need me to tell that because I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the party to split up so we can get back to Paula's. If you need okay. to roll a distraction, yeah, he's he is trying to make a distraction so that he can make his way back and talk to Paula and go and knock on her. Got it. Got it. Okay. okay. Make an insight roll. Sure. Glass, you can make a charisma deception check. I would also oh, yeah. like to make a wonderful roll because right. so, so, a... so here's the thing. Do you guys you think you would be actively suspicious of his uh, of his thing, or would it just well, be he's, kind he's, of a, a, maybe you notice, maybe you don't? He's he's already been talking funny, and Cloak would be kind of gauging yeah. because of what he told him. Uh least unfazed. She's not in her armor, and her lady friend was real close, so uh, to his line, I'm sure, whatever, if you need to go, go. I, oh, that's no. a natural one, so a zero. <laughs> oh, no, a natural one, giving Glass a zero. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's like uh, Tilly. Uh, sorry, Rowan and Cloak. Uh, you definitely get the feeling that he's trying to usher you out of here. He's he's like trying to politely hurry you out of his house at the end of the party. <laughs> Uh, what, what are you trying to get? What are, you, are you trying to get that super secret stuff? Uh, I I was going to have Paula make an item for me. Or was it that um, special cover for your special item? Yes, oh, wait, no, wait, a wait a minute here, Glass. I saw how much you inquired about dwarven art fishing and how much you liked her stuff, and now you want to meet her after hours. We're going to have to have a talk. Are you going to ask her out? Is there a love triangle? I'm in. I mean, I didn't know the word for your flavor, and I'm I'm both I'm both sad. It's a I'm love rhombus now. Upset that she was. So, is that it's what's rhomboid. happening here? Um, he looks to Tilly. Uh, no, uh, Roden, you still frighten me. And then, um, then he looks to uh, Cloak. Uh, myself sometimes. I know it makes you uncomfortable. I was going to have her make the covers for the pieces of the lexicon. Oh, that's what I was guessing. But you were just being shady about it, so I just want to point it out. <laughs> well, thank you for pointing it out. I appreciate it. I will remember to point out more things or be less shady? I don't know. Anyway, I need to find out whether she works in lead, uh, because I figure that is probably the best thing, because it also will protect it from magical divination. Well, and if she not, well, not, perhaps some of her artificery, artificery, I believe that is a word, it is a word now, uh, it perhaps could help fishing? protect it even more. I do not well, believe I mean, I'm the, the only person it could also be something that maybe we can also make up the forge. Like, if we get lead and infuse it with some sort of magic, it might last a lot longer. I agree. However, 
I'm kind of thinking I don't want to walk, walk through the Margrave with these just wrapped in a piece of cloth. That's very true as well. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll let you through it. I gotta go talk to the painted men, so... And he just walks out the door. <laughs> All right. So, so Cloak now? is apparently off to talk to the painted man. So As a rule, are we calling each other out on our shady shit? Because I'm going to have to... Uh, I, I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I, agree with, I agree with real, Dan. Let's not call people out on their shady shit. Just let everyone do their own shady shit. Rowan's been a ghost for this whole time. A lot of us suspected it. Did any of us call her out? No, not until she turned into a ghost. Let's just leave it be. Glass looks I mean, very... Who, who, who the hell knows what's going on with Cloak? This whole time since we've known him, <laughs> I don't. Do I ask him? No. Let him do his thing. Turns out he slaughters people every month. It's better not to know sometimes. Wait, what are you saying? Never mind. Hang on. He probably he could murder people every month for all I know. There oh, do oh, I ask? Cloak had a conversation, but. He never. I don't think he ever said that uh, he killed people. He just said his soul's damned. Right. Right. For all I if know, I remember correctly, murdering people every month at a basement and sacrificing them to some demonic god. I don't ask him. Don't call him out on it. Glass. After that, first thing he was very. He was looking at Riordan, very shocked. Um, very shocked that he was actually on Riordan's side for pretty much anything. And then when he started <laughs> waxing on about a whole cloak, he was just like, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> and then he looks and goes, wow. <laughs> I need to get some lead made and get the lead out. And turns around and goes, and see, cloak, Bro. that was a joke. He and goes and knocks. <laughs> Roman's just going to, to grab him on the shoulder um, as he's going away and just says, if you need to discuss anything, do let me know. Oh, and if you need to discuss anything, you let me know too, okay? Like being dead. I was being, I was being sincere. Oh. <laughs> I was ah. being sincere. Tough to judge. How rude. Just because I'm a raven folk. This is racial profiling. I, this isn't uh, this isn't a personal attack, Rowan. But you're sarcastic a lot, and I mean, some of us here we don't like it when people are really sarcastic all of the time. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. So, Heads through the market to catch up with Paula. Tilly, uh, your eyes just kind of bore into Glaz's back as he goes chasing after the smith. Um, and you guys kind of make your way out and you just kind of keep looking over your shoulder back to there until you turn a corner and are completely out of sight. Uh, Glaz, you go ahead and get... Into Riordan. Do you think he's after her? Do you think he likes her? I mean, he likes the library girl, but you do <laughs> I smile. Should I go, should I go and try to stint all of him? I mean, he's I've learned a lot in love, and really comes down Weird. to this. I mean, I did see, I did see how many people you slept with, so I figured you'd know better and you'd know anymore. Right, so exactly. I mean, I've gained more than a few things that I can I, never get rid of. I, but it's not about uh, you; it's about him. Do you think it's uh, you think? right? Well, well, here's the thing, Glaz. He's one of the biggest virgins I've ever come across. Oh, he's got no problem. Of... All right, thanks. 
<laughs> so <laughs> just make sure sometimes they like the virgin thing, you know? This sort of like mm. untouched, you sort of sounded stranger than I intended to, but you know what I mean. You know, he's he's rosy eyed, he's you know, he's 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 got a geeky thing about him. I'm not sure what it is. Just make sure that, you know, he doesn't get in there first, that's all I'm saying. All right, I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the cheer. Danny, thank you for the raid. Welcome in, you guys. Interesting Thanks for the cheer. All right, so Glaz, with, with glasses on, you uh, you just go ahead and give her the specs. She listens to what you need and then just kind of waves you away and says, yeah, yeah, no problem. I can take care of that. Easy. It doesn't doesn't matter how thick the lead is, right? Uh, you're, you're muted. Oh, no. You're muted. He has cast silence on himself. Glass, uh, you know, has made up a template for her and all the dimensions. And see, yeah, I'm thinking it will work just like, listen, right. it's, a, it, and yes, tra- tells Paula exactly so she, how to do her job. He, 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 he trolls she just kinda, her. She just kind of nods, grabs the templates and says, does it matter how thick the lead is? Can it be a sheet? Oh, and no, you know that be... absolutely any thickness of lead will block magical detection. Yes. Yes, it, that would be fine. I have to keep weight down a little, but, uh, you know, yeah, I do carry. Say, I don't want to make it too heavy for you there. And she kind of chucks you on the on the arm and, and laughs a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate it. And uh, I, 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 uh, how much do I owe you for uh, this? Uh... Oh, this. Yeah, yeah uh, take a couple gold. If me, that, is that okay? Will that cover? How much, a couple how much gold? did you get? Two, like two gold, right? Like two oh, gold, yeah. or is I, okay. That's fine. For, yeah, I yeah, mean these are sheets. these are very very common ingredients for a very simple build. That's no problem. Yep. Yep. All right. So she takes her stuff and uh, continues shuffling her wares back up toward the gear district, so she can get to work on Tilly's armor. Uh, Tilly, you managed to like push your way through the crowd. There's this sudden outflux of people coming your way. So you're kind of salmoning your way upstream, trying to push through the crowd, and you're looking for the tips of Glass's ears above all of the, uh, mostly the uh, the humans uh, clustered around you, and you, uh, you finally manage to catch up with him, and he's like kind of rubbing his arm and sort of chattering to himself as he is heading back your way. <laughs> oh, I, right, uh, so. they, they, they told me they'd come back and get you and make sure you're alright. Uh, did you uh, did you get everything you needed from from? Oh yes, Noah, I, I did. Uh, I, did I, I want uh, to assure you, um, I have no uh, designs on uh, on Paula. She is a wonderful artisan and craftsperson. Oh, no, 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 you're you're fine, totally. Right. You're fine. Um, Rita like creeps around the corner and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What I wanted to say was, you know, I could help you with your 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 last at the library if you want to help me with Paula, you know. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Let's go. So you kind of want me to be your wing troll? Exactly that. I would be be honored. I'll be happy to wing troll for you. Oh, I'm so excited. Why did I do this? Okay, let's go. (laughs) <laughs> That's gonna be a thing. All right. Uh, so y'all, y'all kind of scatter off to to wherever Did everyone just leave Rowan alone. I think so. She's no, just... I mean you know 
Riodan's still there. He just uh, he metaphysically banned her for a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's just standing in the middle of a really a really crowded marketplace with more people than she's ever seen, just dissociating. Wing troll, jeez. All right. Uh, so cloak, you're making your way to the Black Lotus, as I recall. No, the Painted Man. Is it the yes. Black? Is that the name of the store? It's, okay. His shop is called the Black Lotus. Okay. Okay. Yes. You uh, you make your way down there, and uh, it's much as you remember it. A uh, very nondescript storefront. There is a large window with gold and black lettering, meticulously uh, spelling out the Black Lotus. And there are all kinds of strange and exotic curios uh, in the in the uh, the window display case. There, uh, you can mm-hmm. see that it's changed since the last time you were here. Just you remember a few of the more outlandish trinkets, like a strange uh, bronze vase with uh, weird creatures sort of molded into it, more more like an urn almost than a vase, like a big amphora. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gone. Uh, there's a shrunken head that looks like it was once an elf. Um, the eyes, nose, and mouth are stitched up with uh, some kind of metallic wire. Uh, looks like silver, maybe. And its uh, its dried skin is sort of shriveled and very pale, ashen gray, and pulled tight. And its hair is this just shock red, and it's kind of tied up almost like a, a tether, and it's hanging from this little black iron frame. Very weird. Those are missing, or is that is that what's that, replacing them? That's wrong? one of the things that's that's one of the things that's replaced it. Okay, but it looks like it looks uh, like maybe most of the stock has changed since the last time you were here. So I walk in. Uh, is he behind the clerk? There, the desk. Uh, is he behind the clerk? Yes. Uh, so you open, yeah, you open the door, you head in. Um, that sort of herbal smell, kind of incensey smell hits you. Um, it mm-hmm. is strange, but not at all unpleasant. Um, and uh, that soft bell chimes, uh, warning uh, him that they're you know, alerting him that someone has arrived. Uh, the curtains that are that look like they're sectioning off, kind of the back area. Uh, swoosh open, and the corpulent form of the painted man in a long silk robe, similar style to the last one you saw him in, but completely different in color, uh, different pattern. It's very this one's um, got more of a uh, darker, cooler tone. Last time you saw him, he was sort of bright and vibrant and floral and warm. Um, this has almost like uh, what could be smoke or cloud sort of embroidered all over. And it's just, it's very flowy. And it, if you look at the robe, it kind of tricks your eye into following all the loops and whirls. And so you kind of try to keep your eyes up on his face, which is again, just painted pure white with stark red lips and uh, long painted eyebrows with uh, kind of fading multicolored uh, eyeshadow. And uh, and he holds out his hands when he sees you, kind of stops mid-greeting and says, Oh, Cloak, how wonderful to see you again. Come in, come in, come in, come in. It's good to see you. I like your cloak. It's very florid. It's, you know, like you're on Thank the wind. You. Thank you so much. This is one of my favorites. It reminds me of home. So he comes over and he sort of takes your hand, if you'll uh, if you'll allow him to, and kind of oh, clasps yeah, it sure. between both of his. He says, it's wonderful to see you again. I'm overjoyed. How is Glazishin and everyone? Uh, I mean, they're fine. Um, Glaz is uh, 
uh, you know, being glass studded in, you know, just had in the mm-hmm. books all the time. Riordan's actually, um, it's a weird thing. He's like not into drugs anymore. It's really weird. Um, mm-hmm. A lot's happened in like a couple days. Um, so, uh, <laughs> quick question. Um, so, yes, um, if someone were to have uh, blood of a, a, a horned devil, uh, what would you give for that? Oh, how very intriguing. Well, uh, there is certainly trade potential there. Um, coin, of course, but how boring. Um, is there anything in particular that you're looking for you might be in the market for? Uh, and just as a reminder, whenever he talks, um, his voice is this kind of piping, little high, not quite. It, it's it's very strange tone-wise, but Ooh. it is absolutely devoid of accent. There is not a trace of accent, and it's very, very strange hearing a voice with absolutely nothing linguistically behind oh, yeah. it. It's almost yeah. mechanical, but it somehow manages to sound musical and not creepy, right? Okay, yeah. Which, in, in and of itself, makes it a little... Oh, yeah, no, it's up to you to decide if that's disturbing or intriguing or soothing, whatever. But that's just kind of how it is. It's very weird. It's difficult to wrap your ear and brain around. Mm-hmm. So, is there um, anything you might be looking for that I might be able to help you procure? Do remember no. that I have resources. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was wondering what kind of uh, magic items you have uh, in the capacity that you can get or you have on hand. Hmm. Well, um, that is a little bit of a tall order. Um, certainly something that is a permanently enchanted magic item is incredibly valuable. Very much mm-hmm. desired. I might have a few things in stock. What uh, Potions, scrolls, those are things of that nature. That would be much, much easier to acquire and, uh, and more readily available to you, I, th- I should think. Unless there is something specific you want... Uh, Are you just looking for whatever I'm going to have? Well, yeah, let's see what you have. I'm kind of looking for things that help with, like, protection or uh, defensive abilities. Like, I'm pretty good offensively. I I think I need to work on my defenses a little bit. Or anything that, like, gives, like, you know, maybe a resistance of some sort or uh, Mm. something to give me an edge, you know? That, uh, I am going to warn you that uh, devices of that nature are not easy to come by, not easy at all. They are quite rare. And as you can, as you can see yourself, very much sought after by uh, those whose persuasion leads them in dangerous directions, yes? Mm-hmm, yeah. But uh, let, let, let us see what he can find. And he sort of begins to uh, putter around the shop a little bit, taking a look to see what, uh, or, what might be available. Or anything that or, would like help me be more agile as well. I'll throw hmm. that in there. Hmm. <laughs> oh, there's potential there, I think, now that you mention it. One moment. Where did I put that? And he starts just sort of puttering around, muttering to himself a little bit, looking through cases and shelves and boxes, and he eventually comes to a pair of boots, I believe. Oh, 
he uh, he says, aha, yes, perfect. What do we have here? So he uh, leans down and takes up this pair of boots. They are sort of sleek. They look like thin, soft leather. Uh, they're dyed black, and they have a few silver kind of fastenings on them. Uh, and it looks like uh, sort of sort of like decorative pieces on the ends where a corner might be that stops the leather from wearing and curling, like can happen sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says, "These, these. Should you ever find yourself in need of distance quickly, these can be invoked." to um, allow you not to give up your offensive capabilities in addition to that. And uh, you may find that they make your step just a touch quicker. Interesting. What's what's that mechanically? I I believe these are known as Boots of the Swift Striker. That's the last thing we need. We don't need an even speedier cloak. Uh, 5e boots of the swift striker. I want to see what these do. <laughs> Good luck. I don't know if they're they're going to be uh, available or not. Uh, these are out of the Zobek Gazetteer. So okay. they uh, they require attunement. While you're wearing the boots, your walking speed increases by 10 feet. And when you take the dash mm-hmm. action while wearing the boots, you can make a single weapon attack at the end of your movement. But you have to stop after that attack. You can't keep moving afterwards. That actually sounds really interesting, and I think so. If you uh, if you find yourself out, yeah, if you find yourself out distanced, and you need to you need to dash to get close, you can still get a strike in. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'd be like, okay, so, uh, and I pull out a vial of the blood. I was like, okay, so I got this. Would that Mm. be enough to (sighs) trade? So he what does what does on the prize? He purses his lips and he says, well, here's the thing, my friend. These sorts of items, um, they're so much more valuable than mere coin. Uh, That interesting sample that you have there will certainly make me interested in this transaction. But no, I don't think it's enough to cover it entirely. However... Hmm. If you'd like to call that a down payment, then you could take the boots with my compliments and friendship, and I'll perhaps call on you at some point in the future, and then we can uh, settle the rest of the price. I'm certain that your uh, services could be well rendered in a variety of ways. How much of one vial cover? I'm interested. Mm, You have more? I, I don't think that will uh, that will make a significant impact in the uh, the value of these, unfortunately. Even though that you know the horn devil blood, uh, it's pretty hard to come by. As soon as you kill the horn devil, the blood evaporates. So you have to oh, yes, kill it. Yes, it is uh, it is a great pain unless one were to say travel to the eleven hells physically, find one there, and attempt to tap its veins. Yeah, that that sounds nearly impossible or not wanting to do. Um, So, um, because if there's one down there, there's probably several others. Um, Just a few. (laughs) um, Let's see here. Okay. 
Um, I think we can work that out. I'll, I'll trade the vial as a down payment uh, for the and future and a future favor. Yes, I think that works. Wonderful. Then he uh, he sort of holds out his hand for the vial. Okay, and I give him the vial. I actually was already on the counter because I put it on the counter. Oh, sure. Right. So he uh, he sort of wraps his uh, his fingers around it, which are kind of long and surprisingly thin for his corpulent frame, and uh, and very graceful as they sort of one by one curl around the vial and slide it with a little whispering rasp across the wood toward him. And then he holds out his hand towards you and says, "Then we have an accord, my friend." And I take out my hand and shake on it. Okay. Yep. yep. So his uh, his hand is surprisingly uh, kind of warm, maybe a little bit more than than sort of you you might like maybe if his hands were tucked in his pockets or, or close to his body, they, they'd feel that warm. And he uh, slides the boots over to you and says, "Use them in good health." And I do hope to see you again soon. Ah yes. And then uh, I start putting on the boots. Uh, sure. And uh, I will say they are. Um, let me double check on something. I know that uh, magical equipment will resize to fit you, but I don't know if you have to attune it. Oh, they aren't cursed. Well, you know, we'll see that after he attunes it. Um, ah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, you got your uh, you got your your boots of the Swift Striker. Okay. Uh, and then, then I would make my way uh, to the uh, a Brotherhood of Alchemists. <laughs> oh, good lord, man! All right, has uh, anybody else got anything in the fire before going uh, to the before trekking into the Margrave the next day? Probably just. I want to buy pigs too. That's a, that's the other thing. You want to buy pigs? Yeah, that's my. That's what I'm going to offer the Margrave. Ah, very good, very good, very good. You guys just buying supplies is fine. I didn't know if anybody had any other like things they wanted to do or get into. No problem. All right. So, uh, so yeah, you can buy some, you can buy some livestock there. Uh, there, Kluke. Um, yeah, I would, I would set it up where I pick them up in the morning and, uh, walk with them. Uh, I would pick, uh, six pigs. One for each. Okay. Of us. All right. Uh, so yeah, the the boots, by the way, they resize to your feet as soon as you put them on. Awesome! I'm like, yeah, look at that style. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep, you can pick up some pigs. I'll uh, I'll let you know how much that'll cost you in a sec, and uh, you can head to the alchemists. What's your uh, what's your your goal there? Uh, I'm gonna play the same thing at them. Uh, see right. what they want to give for. I'm not gonna pull it out right away, but kind of do the same thing of like see what they would give for it, and then I was gonna go to the book fetish and then see what they would want for it. Oh, okay. So you're looking to shop around to sell the basically sell or trade this uh, this this devil blood. Yeah, the last vial, and see what they would offer for it. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma persuasion check? At advantage. Yeah. Yay, Nimheim gnome. This is why we should not let him go off on his own. <laughs> he hasn't gotten any trouble yet. Uh, 19. 19. Good toss. All right. Uh, so uh, just for the record, by the way, uh, the pig will cost you three silver. Uh, sorry. 
had it. Three gold pieces each. So six of them will be 18 gold. Okay. Okay. I will gladly pay that. Righto. Uh, all right. So the Brotherhood of Alchemists are willing to offer you in trade perhaps some uh, otherwise difficult to obtain poisons mm -hmm. or uh, let me check a price on some of these here uh, or they might offer you some potions as well mm -hmm. they will offer you either uh, a vial of midnight tears uh, or a vial of refined wyvern poison. Wyvern wyvern. What? What's midnight tears? Midnight tears. So you ask. Uh, you ask him, and he'll explain. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is a quite an insidious poison. If you were to slip this into someone's food or drink, and they ingest it, they will feel no effects and not notice anything at all until the stroke of midnight. At the stroke of midnight, if the poison is still potent, hasn't been neutralized, they will very likely perish. Oh, wow, shit. Sure. And then the other one's pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, the other oh. one's, yeah, is, is Wyvern Poison. You can put it on uh, a single melee weapon or three pieces of ammunition, and uh, every strike with that is going to deal a pile of poison damage. And yeah, it's good for one hit, and then wiped off. Okay. Um. All right, and uh, I'll take that note and be like, "Oh, I'll see what I can do." You know, like unless they're offering something else as well. Uh, they said as well. Yeah, they said they might offer you a potion as well. So, um, they will offer you a a potion of superior healing and two potions of greater healing in exchange for it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, kind of like being like, okay, let, let me see what I can do. Uh, and then uh, I'll be back uh, momentarily. Just let me uh, see if I can part with this. I'm, I'm not telling him I have it currently. I'm saying mm -hmm. if I got it for him. So um, so I'm seeing who has the better offer out of the two. Um, so okay. uh, then, I, then I want to go to the book fetish and uh, talk to whoever's behind the counter there uh, and see what I can work out with them. All right. Um so at the book fetish, uh, it's not Layla behind the counter. Uh, the okay. the pretty young lady behind the behind the counter uh, is a little surprised by that and seems a little taken aback. But it seems like she's willing to trade you some uh, rare components or uh, or herbs or the like. Um, so you might be able to get say fifteen hundred gold worth of rare spell components. Hmm. That'd be good for glass. I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, on that note, um, I would go and be like, okay, uh, let me see if I can go and kind of do the same thing and then go uh, have uh, Puff Puff go locate glass. Or okay. I'd ride her and we go find glass I, and go. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you find glass easily enough unless he's in hiding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, glass was probably up at the marketplace. He was. Um, just sort of, uh, you know, again, getting, uh, packing his things together, uh, you know, depending on how long it took, would have been heading back to Miss Kettle Whistles uh, for, uh, to sort of start 
packing. He, you know, I, I see Glass very much as a packer of, and I might need this one, maybe not that, but this is the thing. And what I wonder if it's cold at night. It might be a little chilly. You know, he does all that sort of thing of trying to figure out, and then has to like unpack it and repack it three times because Glass. Um, <laughs> and then end up packing twenty pairs of socks. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing worse than having wet feet. It is the worst thing ever. Uh, I would come in the kettle whistles uh, and be like, okay, listen, hear me out on this. Would you rather want uh, poisons or one potion of superior healing and two greater potions of healing or 1,500... gold pieces worth of rare magical components. If I were you and the trouble you get into, probably the healing potions, my friend. Or actually, <laughs> the trouble we get into, or that you drag us into. But yes. Or that we all find ourselves, and we are going to Margrave. I'm thinking healing probably is a good idea. Why do you ask? Oh, I'm going to make a trade, and that's uh, the, the things I have as option to get right now. Well, I say plan for what we know we have in front of us, which is the Margrave, and uh, I would think the healing is probably what would be uh, what need we need most. Um, that would be my guess. Plan okay. for the problems you know you have, not for the ones that you don't know you have. Well, I, I was I was offering because I mean like. The fifteen hundred gold worth of a uh, magical reagent sounds really kind of enticing, uh, just particularly for you because then you'd be like, "Oh, I have this. Look what I have over here!" Because I got to, I can cast this spell now. You know, I was just seeing what you want to do, but I can go get the potions. I I would think so. Uh, I do not know, you know, as. Depending on where we are, I still have quite a bit of study before I can really advance into rare components. So, uh, well, I mean, I can't do the basics these days. You know, a little bat guano here, a little uh, a little bit of kitchen grease and bacon fat there. And then, of course, I pull from the ley lines as well for my biggies. Oh, that's very true. Okay, potions it is. And then he, like, runs out. He's, he seems quicker now. Like, all of a sudden, he's like... And then, uh, like, makes his way out uh, and, like, hops on Puff Puff and, like, rides off and to get the potions. And then uh, that's what he does. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, if there's nothing else you guys want to mess with at the moment, you can get you can trade the uh, the demon blood for the, the, the devil blood for those potions from the alchemists. And uh, then, yeah. You guys can uh, meet up with Paula the next day if you have nothing else doing and get the show on the road. Absolutely. Yep. Two hours after dawn. We are, Glaz is right on time. Okay. Uh, Glaz is right on time. And uh, so you see that Paula is actually already there at that point. Uh, she has a, um, a mule. Uh, that she is riding, and it has some uh, packs with uh, that are pretty heavily laden. When Glaz arrives, because uh, he got up early, he uh, mm-hmm. gets there, and uh, he has a uh, he has a cinnamon roll, uh, oh. and uh, he uh, he goes, uh, 
Tilly gave this to me to give to you. She had to run back uh, to, uh, she forgot something back at the dancing bear, but she wanted me to give this to you while it was still warm. And she uh, she kind of blinks down at the, uh, at the thing. Why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma persuasion check? Glass is so bad. <laughs> he is so bad. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did we get natural 20s? We did. Yeah. Uh, everybody everybody should, add, should have two oh, bonus natural 20s right now. The best wing troll <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right. Do I have three right oh, now? Yeah, it's class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Loki, you should have three right now. Okay, oh, so sure. uh, you burn one of your nat 20s. And uh, so Paula looks at the the kind of steaming cinnamon roll in its little bit of wax paper. Uh, and, and a smile just kind of creeps across her face and she takes it and, and chuckles a little bit under her uh, under her breath and says, thanks, these are my favorite. I'm glad you liked it. Tilly picked it up. I, she ran back. She, uh, I don't know what she forgot. That's all right. We can, uh, we can afford to wait a little bit. And she, uh, so yeah, she, uh, she eats the cinnamon roll and looks like she's quite enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, the rest of you show up. And uh, you see Paula kind of standing by her mule with Glaz. They're kind of chatting about just kind of small talk. And she is, uh, yeah, licking the, the sticky glaze off of her fingers and crumpling up the, the paper from the pastry. And she looks so around and says, oh, like, good morning. Freshly braided her beard. Smells like tea tree oil, you know. <laughs> nice. Whoa. She washed she, the uh, stuff out of her clothes. Good, she good morning. smiles. Looking at Glaz. <laughs> so she takes a, uh, a, a kind of a, a pack off of the uh, off of the mule, walks over to Tilly and says, "Well, first things first, you're probably going to need this." And she smiles and hands you your armor, which is all immaculately polished. Every nick and dent has been removed, uh, pounded out, and uh, and then. Uh, kind of seamlessly repaired so it looks like the uh, the armor has never seen the touch of a weapon at this point. Ah, Alright, like starry-eyed Tilly is just like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. I didn't doubt you, not one bit, but it's perfect. I mean, I hope you don't mind. I'm definitely going to put, you know, some dents and dings in it. Can't help avoiding, you know, making sure it gets worn, but... That's what armor's for. How much, how much do I owe you? I mean, I know I... I I she uh, she, she she waves she waves her hand and says no 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 we're we're square. All right, and she eyeballs glass. All right. <laughs> all right. So you uh you get the rest of your armor on and uh, you're all ready to head out. Um, cloak shows up with a pack of kind of snorting pigs trotting along behind him that he's got on a on a lead <laughs> and kind of he's like holding this ring with a bunch of ropes that run to to the each of the pigs and he's just kind of riding along with puff puff and they're they're trotting along behind him following when i said we were we were needing groceries i was not expecting live groceries well, this is not for you but now i need no item no, no. I thought you just brought us fresh bacon. You guys know about the Margrave, right? Do I know much about the Margrave? Uh, simply, you're muted. I was saying I've heard some stories mid strings, but you know. Oh well, um, never been there. 
These are our uh, gifts that we're giving to the Margrave, uh, so we can have safe patches to and fro. All right. I see. Poor creatures, but all right. It's either poor creatures or poor us. (laughs) We got lucky last time, but... Yeah, Gladys, as you guys recall, you did not make any sort of gifts or offerings to the forest the last time you went in. Oh, no, no, of course we did. The bear. Uh, You remember the bear that went to death? (laughs) That was the offering, wasn't it? Wasn't that what that was? Remember when you had that pet bear that died in that horrific way? Cloak, you're pretty yeah, sure killing really one of you're pretty sure killing one of the forest animals is not the best way to get on the forest good side. <laughs> sure, that was what that was about. No, uh, no, no. All right. No. Well, that I mean, was, that was work, my friend. That's what I'm saying. And I don't know if that's why we got through. I think it was because we talked to the um, uh, half elven horse people. I forgot their names already. Could have been centaur? that. Could have been that. No, they were deer. No, there wasn't centaurs. They were deer. Deer people. They were Carrie's friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were called Alcide. Again, yeah, Alcide. Yeah, Another I, I case of our friends' shady shit. No, the Alcide no, hated her. They and, were going to kill and, her. And, yeah, Glass, you recall they did not like Kari one bit. <laughs> bit. Whatever. They did not like her a little bit. Not even a little. No, we remember so it was, Zabek. We yeah. just got lucky. Okay, so as you guys strike out across the uh, the grasslands toward the forest, Tilly and Rowan, uh, you guys kind of see this for the first time. Yes, Cloak. Did everyone buy rations? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And she's going to show that she's got like jerky and lots of food okay. and stuff in her pockets. Her many, many pockets. Oh. Mm, pocket jerky. So, um, Dan. Yes. Because, because I bring these things up. Um, and I don't know how you want to deal with this. Back uh-huh. in the days of wild magic surges. Uh huh. Laz ventures a mile out uh, of Zobek. His feet explode. <laughs> okay. Now, it, it can be like athlete's foot. I bought lots of socks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your feet aren't going to go up like M80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then, I'll, I, I will I, handle that. Yeah, he changes his socks like every hour. It's like, I'm sorry. It's a trollkin thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes. as you guys a- approach the forest, uh, think back to Lord of the Rings when they come up to the edge of Fangorn Forest. It's just rolling grassland and plain, and then bam, this dark primordial ball of tree trunks and just this thick canopy of green leaves locked overhead of it. It's just, it doesn't look right. It's like somebody came through and cut a forest at its edge and just trimmed the rest of it away and left this there. It's strange approaching it. And and as you approach, it gets very quiet. Uh, The sun is kind of barely risen in the sky. It's, uh, It's shining kind of into your eyes over the tops of the trees. And uh, that makes the shadows amongst the boughs even deeper. And so you can't see beyond the first row of trees. And uh, there are no animal noises. The wind seems to die as you come closer. There's no rustling of leaves, nothing. 
still and quiet as uh, you come up to the edge of the forest and stop. That, and it's almost instinctive, the way you all just kind of stop at once, kind of just sort of contemplating moving forward. Is it always quiet, um, or is it just early in the morning? Uh, no, it's always just quiet. Get used to it. Um, so here we go. Uh, so he takes the first pig, and he's, uh, to the Mowgli forest, I offer this in uh, uh, Tilly, uh, this offering for you, and then, like, unleash the pig, and then let it run off into the forest. Um, okay. And, and then, as soon as uh, he kind of goes... Unties- as soon as he unties the lead from the pig, it does indeed immediately just sort of squeal and charge off snorting into the brush. And you hear it crashing and stomping and breaking twigs and clattering through the loam. And you can just, that sort of fades as it runs off into the woods. Uh, and then All I proceed to do that. The, the five other pigs turn and look at him. Are you getting your food on? Okay. Yeah. Can I spend a crit for animal handling? <laughs> you don't. You don't need to make any check here. Uh, okay. You you kind of release them one by one in in kind of dedicating each pig in each of your companions in your own name, uh, and yeah, they they go running off and snorting into the brush one by one and are gone, swallowed by the forest. I expected your offering to be more of a sacrifice. I'm surprised no, no, no. They're woodland creatures, right? So you have to think about, like, would you, if you were an uh, entity of the forest, right, would you want someone coming through and killing animals or offering animals uh, into your forest and helping the uh, uh, ecological system, you know, possibly? Or I don't know actually what happens in there, so they could be dead. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to guess. Uh, one of the things that in your travels, and uh, you did some study on the Margrave uh, since the last time you were in there, one of the things you have learned that is, there are people who live in the Margrave, and they're kind of a strange, superstitious lot. Uh, and you've heard them say that any building in the Margrave that is built without a blood sacrifice collapses on the owner. So, yeah, all kinds of weird stuff happen in there. But you also suspect that blood sacrifice is not animals, necessarily. Probably from the builder themselves. Was it Freddy Mike for the 32 months? Holy shit, and the raid. Welcome, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this place is fucking creepy. Right. So, uh, and, so yeah. And, and, I'm a, and I'm a creep. So it's... So it's quiet in the wake of, of Riodan's pronouncement, and Paula says, well, we ready to go in after him? Is there sure. a place he entered before, or is this the entry? I mean, no, this is roughly where you went in. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I know the road. Just follow me. Uh, after a little bit, we'll get through it faster. Uh, I, I know I know the easiest route, so. And then I should. start making my way with everyone leading the way. Okay, so this place has countless stories. So you make your way into the forest, and as you pass from that boundary of tamed pasture land, city behind you, civilization, you cross that line into this dense, 
dark heart of an ancient forest. And immediately, those of you who traveled the road to Shadowcrag and who moved through the forest before, you feel that sense of something around you. And it's a little unsettling for everyone, particularly so for Tilly and Rowan, who have not experienced this yet. Uh, it's a lot like being watched. It's a lot like uh, there's someone just over your shoulder that you can't ever quite see. And you can't get a read on their intentions. Are they friend? Are they foe? You just can't pin it down. And so uh, Paula kind of shudders, looks to cloak, and kind of waves forward like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, and they begin making their way. He's leading the way. So, After about uh, an hour, we start seeing like him like navigating like flawlessly. Yep. Uh, as soon as you guys move into the woods, uh, Cloak begins to... You're looking at it, and it's just dense, trackless forest, and you're thinking, this is going to be a nightmare to try and travel through. Somehow, Cloak is able to suss out paths and uh, lighter terrain and and uh, what look like maybe old dry stream beds that form almost an impromptu road for you, and he is able to pick these things out that you would have just wandered right on past and blundered through brambles. Um that sense of something around you never quite goes away, but thanks to Cloak's natural explorer and his uh, familiarity with forests, he is able to lead you through the Margrave at a very brisk pace. You think you couldn't probably make better time on a road, on a paved road. Uh, Glaz, as you guys are going through, your feet begin to just absolutely kill you, and it looks like you have developed massive blisters. <sighs> So kind of every step is a wince and you're sort of walking on the outside of the arch of your feet, trying to not put pressure on the blisters. And that of course is making that worse. And it's just, it's kind of miserable. Ugh. I do not like do... hiking, but it is well. Oh, you no, no, no. It is... no, it is fine. I will be fine. It is, it, it is one of those things. It is, it is actually, uh, the, the regeneration of my people when you it kind of goes into overdrive so you get the blister and then it kind of heals and it becomes a lump and then it becomes another blister because you have a lump on your foot and you just it kind of keeps building and building I will cut them off tonight <laughs> I have a healing potion oh no I... don't waste the healing potion on this it is just uncomfortable it is not it, it's it's it is the burden I bear as a Trollkin, you know, it is it is what we do. He totally does the, you know, no, honey, I'm fine. He's like, you're worried. He's like, you know, don't worry about me. Oh, 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 ah. the whole way. Uh, yep. Rowan's going to give him a bit of a look and just put a hand on his shoulder and give him a cure wounds. Okay, uh, the uh, the radiant energy that flows through your body, glass, it does help. Um, it helps to um, mitigate some of the pain. You can feel the blisters tingle as they uh, they heal and close. Rowan, why don't you make me a wisdom uh, religion check for me, please? I'm supposed to be proficient in this. Seven. Seven. All right. Ooh. So, uh, glass, it's... It's relief for maybe an hour or so, and then it starts to wear through again. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think that's maybe because, you know, a lot of the walking he did as a kid was in the swamps. And so to walk mm-hmm. in sort of dry forest is, you know, he must be, it, must be stepping wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you guys know the, you guys know the way to the, to the halls of Everforge and Paula there, of course, helps quite a bit. Um, you make your way through the woods at a fairly decent clip. Glass, you are, as previously mentioned, just miserable. Your feet are absolutely killing you, uh, and you do know that you'll need to camp at least once before you reach the uh, before you reach the halls. Uh, so you can travel for the remainder of the day. And as the uh, the dark it, now, see pretty much everywhere in the forest is going to be dim light, even in the in the the bright of the bright of day, because the sunlight just can't pierce that dense canopy. Um, you might come to a clearing occasionally. But uh, by and large, it's pretty dark, pretty dark under there. And so when the sun begins to set, it very quickly becomes pitch black and all of your dark visions begin to begin to kick in. Uh, as you travel into the forest, you do start to notice sounds of woods. You can hear bird song. You can hear just forest noises. But that still doesn't get rid of that feeling that something is there with you. That is so uh, magic in this place. That is a true statement. As soon as you say it out loud, Rowan, it just rings in the air with truth. So uh, you guys can find uh, you can find a place to camp, however you like. Uh, you can find a clearing if you want to be able to see the sky. You can find uh, try to uh, cloak. You can try to find somewhere with some fresh water, uh, a spring. You re- you recall you guys uh, stopped near a, a pond and a stream um, where you first met. Uh, fluff and stuff <clears throat> so uh you can actually find that particular you find that particular clearing again and uh and and that would be a pretty decent place to rest shall we settle down uh yes glass pulls out some jerky and some different socks and he brings out like what almost looks like a file from uh paula's forge and as his sort of regeneration sort of makes these sort of like big calluses out of his blisters. He just sort of starts. Oh man. So glasses. Cause I mean, it's like his carnelian. It's yep. basically like the stones yep. on his shoulders. So when right. they all but become like stones, it's not basically like he's walking on, you know, with rocks in his oh. shoes. Oh, right. Yep. So uh, Glaz starts yes. filing his feet. <laughs> his toes have like little claw nails on them. <laughs> Before you do that, do you have that the, the mug? Because I think I'm going to need that. Oh, yes, there. of course. Yes, that's here. It takes out the uh, alchemy jug and uh, I'm assuming ale. Yes, ale. It puts it out. Thank, All right. Thank so he... He unstoppers the, takes the lid off the big jug, and it is just chock full of dark, foamy beer. You start uh, start pouring it out. Paula first. As, as soon as that comes out, she goes, "Oh, thank the gods, Ninkash be praised." <laughs> I don't know where you found that, but that is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, she actually, she actually goes into the pack and starts taking out tin like tankards and handing them around. So yeah, Perfect. you all uh, you settle in. Uh, how, like, what sort of um, you do? Just standard camp making. Do you guys pitch some tents, lay out bedrolls, light a fire, all that good stuff? Can, can we light a fire in here? I mean, you or can. That, you, would you that presume. disrespect the forest? I mean, you can uh, make a small fire. 
cloak, yeah, you could make an intelligence arcana or nature check, if you like. And since uh, this is your favorite terrain, you uh, get double your proficiency bumps. So this would be plus another additional three to this roll. I'm doing arcana because <coughs> I'm proficient in nope. it. That will be a nine. A nine? Um, you have three net 20s as well. You know that... Um, You've definitely heard that there's some sort of danger with fire in the Margrave, but you're not exactly sure what the what the specifics of it were. Okay, uh, I, I look at that and I said, well, "There was something about fires that were." I don't think I it's can a keep it light, and this gives us a little warming. Leave it in the lantern, and I can bring out the heart of flame, which I know, but I mean it's contained. And I know carrying the heart of flame through this forest is probably not a wonderful thing to do. But so I'm are you pretending like my DM's not going to punish me for it? You're you're pulling the heart of flame out where it was. No, no, no. But my lantern. Okay. No, like yeah. I mean, in the lantern. Are I mean, you it's been shut like? Yeah. Are you opening? I'm not the like pouring it out and putting it in a. Sure, campfire. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, like, no, I get it. The I get it. I get out it. To have some light and you know. So you're. Yeah, you're you're opening up the shutters on the Heart of Flame. Uh, so Glass flicks the the iron shutters open, and that blue bright glow from inside. It's almost incandescent, and it has like these like streakers of light when you look at it. It's very bright, and uh, the the blue light spills out into the clearing, and it's like you can see the moss and blades of grass curl like hair in a blast of furnace heat, and and immediately Glass, you hear this low. From somewhere in the trees behind you, Glass immediately said, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> and then he, he like, okay. He, uh, I'm gonna spend the spell slot and use my primeval awareness now. <laughs> okay, What's uh, so inside this forest. Using primeval awareness, you are in your favored terrain. So you are going to detect Fae, <laughs> uh, undead. Oh, God. Oh. That just me, though. Nope. Elementals. Okay. Um, D, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Celestials, aberrations. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me let me double check the list real quick. Uh, elementals for sure, Fey for sure, undead for sure, and dragons. Okay. Uh, oh. Woo! Yeah, let's do this. Uh, are I'm any like, of those? Awesome. En- are hold on, hold on, hold on. Are any of those your favorite enemy? Fey and undead. Fae and undead. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rowan is pinging your awareness. She definitely shows up as undead to your senses. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, however, you, me, you, like... do, you do sense other undead, kind of uh, in a westerly direction, but it's a small so I don't know group. The... I don't know I, the I, I do. Yeah, I, I do a little bit of a tweak on uh, primeval awareness okay. with your favorite with your favorite enemies. You get a little bit of extra information okay. about your favorite enemies. So uh, okay. you detect kind of a small group somewhere. So maybe five or less uh, somewhere off to the west. You don't know the dis- you don't know the uh, the distance, but you do know the direction. 
Um, okay. Faye, uh, well, Puff Puff is Faye. Uh, and I then you detect a lot of Faye around you. Basically, pick a direction you sense the presence of Faye. I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh, okay, guys, um, stop for one second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, your undeadness is just really beaming right now. Um, there's, there's oh a lot God, of, uh, um, hold on. Uh, and, and, and Sylvan, he's like, sorry, no, we didn't mean to, uh, 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 we're just, we need to, uh, see where we are, uh, apologize, please, um, uh, remember we gave an offer, you know, uh, we're gonna not, uh, uh, we're gonna keep it dark. What the hell are you saying, right. like, Why don't you make me a, uh, a straight-up charisma persuasion check, please? I'm spending my yes. 20. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So, Cloak, uh, Cloak as, you, uh, as you expend some of your magic, you feel your awareness sink down into the moss and the soil at your feet, and it spreads almost like this pulse that runs through the land. You feel your awareness diving into gullies, traveling along roots and uh, the caps of mushrooms, uh, flowing along streams, and you start to feel the presence of all of these things as that wave passes out. You see the cold, dark, empty spot that is Rowan just next to you. You see the bright glitter that is Puff Puff, and more glitters, both bright and dark. They give you the sense of multi-colors all around. And then this great acrid smell and this this feeling of uh of power and age that is a dragon and this vibrant energetic presence of elementals and you uh, as you begin to talk you start to feel a little bit more comfortable and you can tell some of that fey presence subsides not nearly all of it but some of it okay Let's keep an eye on us. Okay. Um, what creatures reside in this forest? Oh, um, and he still got like his eyes closed, and it's like mm -hmm. it's like he's seeing through the forest right now. Like kind he's of, like yeah. one with the forest. Um, and he's like, uh, "There's a dragon out there. We're surrounded by fear at the moment. You're undead. There's undead somewhere that way." Um, but uh, I've calm them down we okay. just don't pull out that lantern don't light any as, fires as okay. you're focusing as you're focusing on that small group of undead one of the fey presences that you feel suddenly winks out among those voids of blackness gone oh oh that's bad they just ate a fey I Get towards the rest of the group. And Rowan's going to start casting a magic circle around the rest of the group. Okay. So you pull out uh, a little pouch and begin spreading powdered silver uh, around uh, in a, a fairly sizable radius around you. And you begin praying and uh, sort of drawing runes in the, the powdered silver, making sure that your drawings don't break all the way through the perimeter of the circle. And uh, I believe it's a minute to cast that? Yes. Okay. So after a, a minute of uh, chanting through 
uh, and tracing your runes in the silver, there's a sudden flash of bluish white light. All of the runes glow vibrantly for a second, and a shimmer goes up in the air around the perimeter of the circle and then and fades. I'm protecting, and I'm on the outside of this. I'm protecting okay. from Faye and from Undead. Um, and you're focusing it outward, yeah, to hedge things out. Got it. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> can I roll a perception while she's casting that spell while while my the minute is still up? Um, sure. Uh, and roll perception to see if uh, I hear anything in the distance of that when that Faye light gets like. By the sure. Undead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and make me a, a wisdom perception check. Okay, and this is gonna be with advantage, so I get an additional three, so it's gonna be plus seven in total. Not doing great. Uh, <laughs> there'll be eleven in total. Eleven. Uh, so you don't hear anything, but as you're paying mm-hmm. attention, you do notice that that presence of undead that you feel somewhere to the west dwindles mm-hmm. just a little bit. And a few seconds okay. pass by, and it dwindles a little bit more. A few more seconds, okay. and now there's you're, you're very certain there's only one singular undead creature out there in the woods. And you kind of open your mouth, close your mouth, pay attention, sort of tilt your head that way, and then the last undead you feel out there is gone. Okay. I was like, oh, the undead's gone. I don't know where they went. Well, They're there's one dead. left. But <laughs> Oh, there's one left. He's hanging on, and it's gone. I don't know. He's out there somewhere. No, and then there's there's Rowan. She's she's totally still there. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's her. Yeah. But that that Sorry, group you sensed, that group you sensed off in the woods, one by one, they vanished. Okay, I was like, uh, well, you know, let's let's all get some sleep. Who wants to take first watch? Uh, we got. You know, I suppose I will. Me. I will take first watch, given that I cannot come in f- into the campsite for an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But you will be I just realized you're on the outside of it. Yeah, she's she's intentionally on the outside of it because she cannot go in. Okay. Uh, all right then. So uh, everybody else, you're going to kind of settle down and uncomfortably get ready for bed. Okay. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm well sold in there so far. I don't buy everyone else. Uh, do we you're probably uh, do? Uh, Watches in twos or just singles? Yeah, how do you guys want to do it? Let's do it in twos. I, Why don't Tilly and Rowan stay up together for a while? <clears throat> sure. Uh, yes. I'm a little on the edge from that earlier anyways, so I don't mind for now. So I'm guessing so we're yeah. sitting next to each other on either side uh, of the circle. Rowan, I will <laughs> say, if you wanted to be, you could be inside the circle. Just if you left it, you couldn't cross it again. You'd be very uncomfortable in there, but you could be inside it. Uh, she'll she'll stay outside it. Okay, no problem. Um, all right. Uh, puff puff. Where's cloak? Cloak you inside the circle? Yeah. All right. Puff oh, puff is by cloak, and her her hackles are up, and she's whining a little bit, and and seems very uncomfortable. But she stays oh, next to cloak. Sorry, puff puff. She says that That's in Sylvan. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, watches. How are we doing? Uh, uh, Tilly and Rowan first, Rowan. and then. So there are basically yeah, uh-huh. there are basically four four watches throughout the night. Uh, Paula will take yeah. that. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll do the last one early in the morning because I usually wake up at that okay. time, anyways. Sure. All so, yeah, right. Glass and uh, Glass and Paula can take one. Okay. Uh, I'm working <laughs> for you, girl. I'm on vacation. So Riot had sleeping through. <laughs> I yeah, figured I mean, that was these, the case. If the if these chumps are going to let me, of course. <laughs> All right. So Glass. I just Paula had a breakup. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, eating yeah. The, whatever the Zobekian equivalent of ice cream is. Uh, while this happens. Oh, Alex, thanks so much for the donation as well, my friend. I think, Dan, you might have an idea of uh, all right. what that might be. Thanks so much, buddy. We have, yeah, we have all kinds of stuff going on there. Part of that was some of those Nat 20s we already got. So thank you very much, Alex. Uh, there are other stuffs in thank the you, works. Buddy. Don't you worry. Uh, all right. So we got Glaz and Paula taking the first watch. Uh Who's taking second? Oh, no. Um, I think it's Rowan and Tilly taking first. No, Rowan first and Tilly watch. taking first. Glass. Oh, they're, they're taking, taking first. Second. Yeah. All right. So Cloak is on last. Who's on third? Going to have to split up one of the pairs or wake up Ryoden. <laughs> I think Cloak said he wanted third watch. He wanted to say he wanted fourth wanted, watch. Wanted, oh, yeah, I guess I'll, Glass will wake up Ryoden. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. All right. So you uh, you do manage to to cover all of your watches, and the night is long, extremely dark. Because I don't think you guys actually made a fire, did you, or did you build a normal fire? No. No. All right. So it's incredibly dark. You're relying on your dark vision, which um, is uh, fuzzy at the best of times, and so you're constantly seeing shadows kind of move in your peripheral vision. And uh, and uh, finally, yep. Rowan will Rowan will cast light on uh, Tilly's shield. Okay, there you go. So you have, you have plenty of light uh, for uh, for you know just a little ways outside of the the magic circle uh, where the powdered silver is kind of still there, but it kind of crumbles away after an hour. Uh, and nice. you wake the next morning after a very tense night of watches because you hear things moving out in the forest every now and then, and you see shadows at the edge of the light, but nothing comes close to camp. So you uh, during, you break your camp. Oh, sorry. During during watch, uh, Rowan's asking Tilly. I suppose we have not had a chance to talk. I mean. I we had a bit to focus on. I was a little bit of out of sight, out of minding the whole issue, but you do have a lot to explain. I will say that you're lucky we fell a lot of time together. I mean, I feel like I let you lie to me a little bit about whatever is going on with you, but I don't. I mean, it seems like it's more harmful for you than helpful. So, and how could I begin to tell you? Well, I could get you some more ale. Usually, that loosens up stories pretty easily. I, I will accept some ale. And you may ask questions. I am sure you have many. Mm. Well, you told me you didn't know how you came to the state, correct? Yeah. That is correct. I remember some of what happened, not entirely. I remember reading someone's fortune. They left, they came back, and the rest... I do not remember dying. Do you I remember, remember 
fortune? They're portent? No, they're fortune. Do you remember what you told them? It was bad. Yeah, you remember, you don't remember the exact details, but you remember it was very bad for them. It was uh, all about their plans coming to ruin and crumbling to ash around them and their master never seeing what they wish. And uh, that the, the, the person you made that fortune for freaked the hell out and left in a rage. <clears throat> They did not take such fortune, well. Most people, when they come, they expect me to tell them only the rosy parts of fate, but we both know that's not how it works. I mean, imagine you don't remember they came back. but do you know if you potentially no. knew them before? Or was it somebody you'd never met before? I have had many visitors over the years. I, I cannot even remember their face. The last thing I remembered was them coming back in, and then nothing, and then waking up next to my body. Do you oh. know what it's like to hide yourself away from the world for weeks because you have no idea what's going on, and because you are scared of what you are all of a sudden? I mean, frankly, no, but I'm just really curious how... You have to forgive me, I don't know much about rejoining an undead soul, I guess, with the body. I did not what? rejoin my body. After so three weeks of its, of its rotting in my home and me being so scared to even go near it, I stripped it of everything valuable to me and tossed it into the fireplace. And then I spent hours watching my body and everything I was burn. So when did you end up coming down to our village? Or contacting us after that? Well, for weeks I could not even think to go down, but I remembered there were people down there who needed me and should they come up here and see the state I was in then there would be trouble so I came down and came to tell stories to you and to the rest of your ilk and pretended there was nothing wrong so is every story you told me of your uh, history a lie, other than this little bit of one you haven't told me? No, they were, they are all truth. And I was alive for much of your life. Simply the last I mean, you'll have to decades. forgive me for asking, I just need to make sure that, you know. I can, I understand your hesitation. The stories are all my truth. Everything I have learned, everything I have lived, is all part of those stories. And for those weeks after I stopped being, I felt weak. I was not telling stories. I was, I could feel 
what I was becoming less. And I knew I had to continue. Whether Wotan is punishing me for some something I have done in life, for not being brave enough for being a coward, or whether this is some kind of twisted fortune from him, I know I must continue telling the stories. It's most likely one of the reasons he sent us here. There are more stories to tell. Sure, I mean, you, you are, you've always been pretty in tune with your rooms and your readings, but um, I'm just curious if that individual was a tool for this, for this venue that's now who you are, but I don't know. I wish you remembered their face or something. I wish I remembered too. Something. I I have asked Wotan. I've asked the runes. I've asked to the to the heavens for some kind of fortune, some kind of sign that I might know their face. Because trust me, I have much anger. Did you ever tell my mother this? Did she ever know? Why? She did. Hmm. I mean, she never she did. Was, so she, she was not she never happy. Seemed like she didn't. Oh, I mean, she never seemed like she didn't trust you. She continued to let me visit you and check on you. But I guess if she knew, I mean, maybe for some. Some form of kindness for all those years I have served your people. But trust me, she was not happy. Remember, I did once say, if anything happened to you, she would kill me. Again? <laughs> I'm sorry. Again. Sorry. Got a fight in the situation, so long. I suppose. <laughs> I've spent so long keeping this secret to myself for fear of what might happen to others. What do you mean? I almost did not bring you. I almost did not bring you with me on this. I don't want this person finding out I'm still, well, I hesitate to say alive, but walking this earth and coming to finish the job or hurting the only things I have left well I'll tell you one thing they can't sneak up on us you know the dirty tricks for coming in the night for you but keep our eyes peeled I suppose just try just if you think of anything you know about them or remember just let me know there's somebody from the north I cannot even say. Mm. Well, that I had memory. Are you ashamed of me? I mean... We've met a Dampier who got addicted to drugs and fucked everything in like four miles. (laughs) You might be a little undead, but you're still... You were so good to me for so long, even when you were. So... I did not die in glory, though. 
No, but I mean, maybe maybe that's Olden's reason of bringing you back. Maybe that's Walton's point is the fact that he um, he wanted to grant you a better death than what you got, you know? The second one. I had not thought of it like that. You have always been kind to me. Just, you know, don't boo or anything. I'm a little, I'd see in the dark, I'm a little afraid of it. It's a joke, it's a joke. Drink more ale, it's fine. It's fine. I'm tired of sitting here. Oh. Well, I believe Paula, it is. Paula and Glaz both about the same time begin snoring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think can snore louder? You think it'd be Paula? I mean, it's pretty attractive feet in a girl. What You've always been one for the pretty face. I mean, you know. And, and the north came running for mine, you know. But not, not down here. It's about time. Let's go. Uh, let's go wake him up. Do you want? Do you want to wake up? What? I can stay up longer if you go. Wish to go and rest with her. When will you have a chance like this again? I may be uh, old. I may be dead. But I do know the way of the heart. Sometimes there's a few ales previous to just getting into the... I'll go, I'll go see if the rifle are shift. <laughs> go just try to wake up Paula. Alright. Uh, so as you're kind of drifting away, you hear some of those forest noises again, uh, and distance, the sound, it's so strange, almost like it's half muffled most of the time. You hear things moving out in the darkness, and it's a little bit more constant now than it was before, but nothing comes close enough into the light for you to see. Nothing approaches your camp as you go over and wake the next shift. So, uh, the next morning, you all awake, you have your breakfast, you strike camp, and you set out again on the trail that Paula and uh, Cloak particularly are able to pull out. And you know that you have a few more hours of travel left, and you'll uh, you'll reach the, uh, the hillside with the entrance to the halls of Everforge uh, before too long that morning. Uh, and as you strike your camp and, and begin to set out, there is a... There's just this kind of tired, uh, like nobody really slept well, sort of uh, settled over you. You got kind of dark circles under your eyes. You're just stiff, sleeping on the ground, slept on a root or something in uh, in the small of your back. Has you so you have muscles uh, kind of knotted up here and there. Uh, and as you're you're getting your things together, there's uh, the sound of footfalls on the forest floor nearby, and you hear a few more, and a few more. Maybe uh, a small number of people sort of walking through the brush and uh, some uh, slightly dense, but not not too terrible, like thin leaved bushes, uh, thin stalked bushes with kind of large leaves pushes aside and a beautiful woman steps out. She has skin that looks like this bronze, almost polished wood. Uh, it has almost wood grain in it. Her hair looks like flowing grass, and she has a wreath of flowers woven around it. Her gown is a, a, like a massive chain of flowers woven into an off-one-shoulder sort of sundress. She walks barefoot, uh, 
softly on the moss, but enough for you to hear. And her eyes are this blank gray. It looks like a storm cloud bank. And she has a, a bow in her hand, but it's held loosely at her side down at the ground. Cloak, your guts clench. You've seen one of these before. This is a Vila. Mm-hmm. These are the daughters of Baba Yaga. She steps forward and smiles, and she says, Hello, friends. It's so rare that we see visitors to the Margrave. I can sense that you are on tasks of great import. Destiny weighs heavily on all of you. But before you go on your way, I'm compelled to deliver an invitation. My mother would love to have you for tea. All seven of you. And she smiles broadly once more. And I I think that's where we're going to stop for this week. (laughs) 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 We keep getting invited parties. All you see is Glass like staring at Cloak and uh, and Cloak is like clenching his sword at the moment. He's like slowly reaching for his sword. Glass heard tea. He's thinking the pretty woman is, is bring, has brought us tea. <laughs> I'm going. You're going to have us for tea. That's the key word right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, well, my friends, hopefully you guys have enjoyed tonight's episode of The World True Bones. If you have, let us know. Uh, big shout-out goes to Alex, for your donation there. We are sure to bring all of that stuff into the, uh, the next episode. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, let's see. If you guys are liking the world of Midgard, I'm sure we're loving it, go check out cobaltpress.com. You get PDFs, you can get books into your house, you can uh, get gazetteers, the interactive map there is great, worth checking out. Go over to cobalpress.com and uh, see if you might want to have some of your own adventures in Midgard. Um, but let's go around the cast and the crew. Did we enjoy ourselves tonight? Where can we find you wonderful people online? Let's start with Dan. How was that, Dan? That was great. Uh, I'm so happy that we got back into it. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, some of the uh, the interim scenes took longer maybe than I was anticipating. Not a problem, but uh, we've got we got some interesting stuff to get to next time. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have an interesting schedule that I, I can't wait to dive into. So uh, yeah, apparently Baba Yaga has invited you all for tea. Uh, this this has been a blast. Um, I love playing with you guys. I'm happy to be back at it. I can't wait for next week. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm Dan Dillon. You Amen. can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dillon underscore one. And I am recently hired as the newest game designer on the Wizards of the Coast D&D team. So uh, feel free to talk to me about D&D and any of that fun stuff. And I'm looking forward to, to sharing more things with you guys. Hell yeah. So the official countdown to 5 week Alcadema started? Yeah, according to Dyson Logos, it is. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic and simply how was that tonight for you great have you back with us today it was good yeah i was glad to be back um a little bit hard getting back into the shoes of the character after not playing him for a few weeks which makes me sad uh but um i had a good time tonight uh, i love the description of baba yaga it's gonna be hard not to draw that in my free time um 
I am also excited for you and your new job, Dan, also for Thank potential you. relocation where I'm relocating to. So we will hang out hopefully at some point, which I'm excited about. Can't wait. Um, but outside of this broadcast and playing Tilly the Dwarf Fighter, um, I am simply underscore Jackson here on Twitch, and I make art, and I play games, and if I get into the Twitch sing beta, I'll be doing some karaoke soon, which will be really fun. That, that's it. Just come by and say hi if you want. Okay, bye. Can I give you my Twitch hi. sing's key? I'm not, I'm not going to use it. Is that something I'm allowed to do? I don't know. We could try. I'll, look. I'll hit you up. Okay, I'll let you up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> awesome. McLoken. What movies might we remember you from? <sighs> My name is McLoken. Uh, you might remind me, remember me from such films as You Think You Can Haggle and Fuck You, Dan. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great movie. Love that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, I, God, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of speechless, and I'm going to be anxious all week now. Uh, thinking about what I'm gonna do, because like in my head, how that ended was cloaks midair with his sword out, <laughs> flying at this fucking thing. Um, well, because that it's, might it's, be how it goes down. It probably is gonna go how it's gonna go down. He's not. Uh, he's not negotiating with this thing or taking up the offer to go to tea. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how everyone else reacts, uh, and go from there. But, uh, yeah, you guys can follow me at my, uh, Twitter at McLoken. Uh, you guys can see what shows I'm going to be on. Um, I may end up doing a couple shows that are just going to be on podcasts possibly. Uh, I don't know if that's happening, but I will tweet that out, uh, as well, uh, if that's going to go down. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh great show i but I, I i like this feeling of like oh shit what's gonna happen uh and uh oh god damn it i don't know what to do but that's me <laughs> well shit i was so All excited right. i turned off my camera uh but <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit tr uh, trigger happy there i am <laughs> uh oh i love playing with this group because i never know what everyone's planning and what Dan's planning, and it, it just, it's just my happy place. Uh, even when we end on really tense cliffhangers, thanks, Dan. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Tilly and Rowan finally got to have a little discussion because that's yeah. been brewing for a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm Scarlet Moth. You can find me at that Scarlet Moth on Twitter. I'm an artist, cosplayer, and D&D lover. Um, my current cosplay project is actually making Rowan for a local medieval fair, which is going to be down here in April. So I I'm, cannot wait yeah. to see that. That's so awesome. Um, I'm very excited about figuring out how to make an articulated moving bird beak. So I'm, I'm, go I'm going the full way. It's going to be all like oh, authentic... Yeah viking era clothing and and birds so yeah <laughs> awesome fantastic and our last but by no means least talk school uh doe always a blast to play uh in midgard it's one of my favorite uh settings uh campaign wise and hearing all the lore and i don't know if everyone has a problem about it, it is it is uh, an invitation to tea uh, last time that we had an invitation from the dear people who came in, it turned out very well for us. 
we did a little battle. We got, I got my shadow pearl. It was a nice thing. Um, I don't know who this is. It is someone who's offering tea in the woods. They're being neighborly. They are welcoming us to the neighborhood. I do not see. I, I should have brought cookies. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I had a great time. Uh, you can find me as Tall Squall all over the internet. Uh, if you go to my Twitter, you can find all the different games and such that I'm in, including uh, the campaign that I DM on Saturdays at 2 o'clock. We are going into a really, really dark part of our campaign. If you kind of like dark horror demons and such, uh, and some psychological pieces where I get to play with my PC's minds, tune on in over on my Twitch channel. I hope to see you all there. Let me know you found me through Midgard and the World Tree Burns. Oh, boy. Yeah. Do I love some psychological messing with people? Me, too. <laughs> psychological <laughs> trauma. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, thank you guys for watching us today here on the World Tree Burns. Can't wait to see you guys again next week, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, when you can find us here live uh, here on Twitch.tv forward slash Encounter Roleplay. If you're catching up on YouTube, hello. Hello, YouTube. Hi. Um, or you're listening on podcast. Also, greetings to you. Um, hope you've had a nice day. Well, uh, that's all we've got for time for today. Tomorrow, God, what are we doing tomorrow? Two o'clock Eastern, I'm back for Call of Cthulhu, Masks of Nihala Fotep. And at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have Tales from the Loop. The Little Busters are back. So we'll see you guys then. But until next time, try not to roll too many that ones. We want to be laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>